Yes, hello. I am James Rowland, and today it's a Dubinar 499. It is AW Full Gear 2023. I'm not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire Dubinar team. Up first by my side for every WWE and AEW show is the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How's it going, Jaxie? Hi. Don't, don't sound too excited, you know, come on. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> How's things going? Oh, they're brilliant. <laughs> I'm loving it at the moment. Uh, yeah. You know. No, I, such a great mood. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't sound to me, um, which is weird because the last time we spoke, you were attacked by a professional wrestler. I hope that's not happened again. Uh, are you excited for full gear and your predictions? By the sound of it, I'm not sure. Yeah, and not really. No, I'm, I'm. This I've been dreading this all week, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm just going to get through it as quickly as possible for anyone who decides to check us out tonight. I I'm just going to apologize right now, and I'm just going to put a, like a spoiler warning right here. There is going to be a lot of swearing that is going to be involved in this pod tonight. Um, I'm not actually an aggressive person, but there is a, uh, there's a cunt on this pod that does like to wind me up after an epic loss. Um, so all I'm saying Whoa. is I'm giving you a spoiler on swearing now. <laughs> well, Jax is a bit harsh. You said I'm just about to introduce him, but, you know, say what you want. Uh <laughs> Monty, just no, that wasn't about you. Uh, up next, our resident NXT expert in New Japan deity is, of course, Monty. How's it going, man? You, you must be happy in a Jaxi. Much happier, much happier, man. I've been on vacation, so I'm just, I'm over the moon, literally and figuratively at the moment. Uh, but I must say that... Uh, I've been, I've been on. I had to get my mind out of vacation mode because when I when I heard cunt, I was like, oh wow, we we're, we're into it. This is <laughs> this is serious. Someone took predictions a lot more seriously than I did. Well, I like I like the I'm, fact it wasn't me that threw the first shot. Everybody knows that now for the rest of the show. <laughs> Listen, he warned everyone I, though, so it's fine. I, guess. I have to hit the Fair first what is to come tonight okay so the the defense walls are up already yeah well, fair enough fair enough and last but by no means least well saturday night and the lights are low we're looking out for a place to go where to play the right music getting in the swing you come to look for a ring anybody could be that guy night is young and the music's high with a bit of rock music, everything's fine. You're in the mood for dance. And when you get that chance, you are a prediction queen. Young and sweet, you look only 17. Prediction queen, feel the beat from the tambourine. Oh, yeah. You can dance, you can jive, having the time of your life. Oh, see that girl. Watch that scene. I'm digging the prediction queen. It's Gina. How's it going, the prediction queen? 
Hello, I am doing well, and I wouldn't exactly keep to that moniker throughout this pod, <laughs> sadly. I wish I could come in as cocky as hell, but um, that, that crown may have just slightly, you know, tinted a bit to the side. Just a slight, <laughs> it's a slight crook. Yeah, but look, <laughs> I need to catch my breath back for apologies. But uh, I'll tell you something, the run you've been on the past couple of I mean, even, I think since WrestleMania, but especially the last four or five months, has been incredible. So whatever happens today, you know. Yes, yeah, the G-Nuck. And, um, oh, apologies. But anyway, uh, like we say, we've got a lot on. We've got full gear, survival series predictions, but let's catch up with AEW first, because a lot has happened. We had the Dynamite four-year anniversary with Wardlow returning and Powerhouse Hobbs joining Don Callis' family. Adam Copeland's first promo, uh, talking about wanting to go have fun with Uncle Jay. And it was time to team with Christian to face the likes of FTR and Young Bucks. Christian told him to go fuck himself. I mean, Monty, it's definitely a way to go. Do you think we'd eventually, I know we're going to get the story now, get Edge and Christian in AEW? That's the end goal here, surely. Yeah, I, I think I think probably at some point we definitely will. I just don't know. Like Christian's been on such a awesome under. It was underrated at first, but I think now for a while now he's been like the highlight of the show. Unless you're just tired of Christian stick, but like the way he's been able to do it and just the villain he's become. I always knew he was a, he could be a good heel, but like he's just on another level with the work he's been doing. So they might want to keep riding this out, you know. Uh, but I do think eventually you're 100 percent right. Uh, Edge, Edge can continue to run his face and be opposite of Christian, but eventually they'll work themselves together in some way, shape, or form, whether that is Christian turning or whether they turn Edge, but I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a while. I think it'd be smart, in my opinion, to ride this uh, Christian thing out, and they can be opponents for now because, uh, you know, uh, I think at the end of the day, those two working together seem to be the main idea of Edge uh, coming here so far. So let's just see what they decide to cook up. Yeah, we've had that. Well, speaking of tag teams on collision, Ricky Starks and Big Bill beat FTR, becoming the new AEW Tag Team Champions. Now, Gina, you've been a huge fan of Ricky Starks. What are your thoughts of this? Because this was quite surprised. We love FTR. But at least Ricky Starks is champion, even if it is Big Bill. I mean, yeah, I felt a little bittersweet. I'm not going to lie, because uh, there was like... You know, we had a great tag team with Hobson Starks, and it still frustrates me a little bit that they didn't get a chance to have their time as champs because they were great together and, you know, they complemented each other really well. And I'm not saying that Ricky doesn't work well with Big Bill either, but it's just, it's very new and it was kind of random, came out of nowhere. So, you know, as much as I love Ricky, I was a I was little disappointed it wasn't with Hobbs. But I also understand that right now with Hobbs going on sort of maybe a, a singles run, if he's trying that um, at the moment, they're not going to put them back together. But yeah, I mean, I'm happy he's got gold because, you know, I think Ricky's been working hard. And yeah, I just think that it's nice to see gold around his waist. But sometimes a part of, a part of me is a little bit like it was, it's just a bit random because the whole team up with Big Bill is quite new. But I'm not mad at it, obviously. No, no, without a doubt. Uh, October 11th title Tuesday, Danielson beat Swerve. I didn't understand why they have him lose for nothing. Hobbs squashed Jericho. 
but it won't last. Jay White beat Adam Page, thanks to Swerve. Juice Robinson told MJF he had a roll of quarters with his name on it uh, in reference to knocking people out. But it's also to do with anti-Semitic uh, bullies through quarters of him and said he hated things because he was Jewish. Uh, obviously, this is a bit weird due to the timing for the attacks and the war currently going on is Israel. Uh, Sheeta is your new AEW Women's Champion. First three-time champ. Jack, see, there you go. Sheeta wins the title. Everything's fine, you know. You, we, I don't understand why Saray won, but, you know, that's it, you know. Yeah, you know, some some would say she, she won for the novelty of where she won it. So, and of course, you know, she'd win and get it back. Yay. I, I should be really happy about this, but we'll elaborate on this in a little while. Well, I hope sure. I hope she has a long title reign. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm trying so hard to be on my best behavior. <laughs> we don't know. We'll move on. On Collision, Christian beat Brian thanks to Sparks. On Dynamite, Jay White beat Pan- uh, Penta. Kenny Omega beat Carl Fletcher. I tell you what, that boy's got some future. So is Kyle. Someone who hasn't, though, is Sting. The 64-year-old said, my first match with AW was Revolution 2021. My last match will be Revolution 2024. The only thing for sure about Sting about my retirement is for 2024 is, is going to happen. Uh, Monty, this is, I mean, again, I, I'm sure we'll get on to Ric Flair showing up. But the Sting retirement is, is a good thing at this moment because it actually gives him a good send-off and Sting does deserve that, doesn't he, you know? Yeah, man, it's amazing when you think about just how long he's just been around and consistent, you know, the same way. The uh, Not to say that they did the same things or were the same same type, but there's a reason why Sting and Undertaker kind of get through in that uh, – in that same category so much is because Sting was just as consistent pretty much on opposite programming of WWE, whether it was Impact, whether it was, uh, you know, WCW back in the day. So, you know, uh, he, you know, he's a legend. And the fact that he still was able to do what he's done for so long in AEW, because I know when I, when I saw AEW was starting and Sting would be around, I didn't think about him doing anywhere near as much. As he did, if if uh, if we're being honest about it, so far what he's done and what he continues to do in a lot of these big matches, so you know, it's a, it's amazing, amazing career. You're 100 deserve much better. You know, of course, when he retired earlier, he had the injuries and all of that. I think a nice send off and possibly a, a last match with Darby or something would be a perfect way to finish it, in my opinion. But uh, we'll see. Uh, I think, like like you said, he deserves the world, and I think AW focusing AW focusing on that part of it is awesome. Like, yes, he deserves all the celebration you can get for retiring. Yeah, without a doubt. We see Tony Storm's black and white vignettes, and they have been mega. Juice won a battle roll to face MJF. The left hand of God came up short against the right hand of the devil. MJF has won it five years in a row now. No one cares about Battle of Belts, not even Tony. Also, a dream match isn't Brian versus name, you know, whatever wrestler, like Andrade or whoever it is, right? A real dream match is no Amdar versus Junior, winner take all. Or Pretty Deadly versus anyone. Yes, boy. Uh, Malachi Black returned to take out Brian, who is fighting NXT champions from 2017, weirdly enough. He just needs to face Bobby Roode next. On collision, Double J pinned Eddie. 
the former Sin Cara made his debut on Rampage. Yep. And uh, Carter was announced for Dynamite in a throwaway segment on Collision. But the big news is Ric Flair is all elite. And I thought Tony had problems with old men of inappropriate sexual behaviour. But it proves not to be. Uh, Gina, what do you think of AEW's latest signing, Ric Flair? I mean, can he contribute anything? And I mean even walking to the ring. Oh... Like, I'm I'm not trying to bash here, but, like, I'm kind of getting over this bring, bringing people who are not associated with WWE over, and I mean, like, legends-wise. Like, I, I don't know. It's just part of me just feels on edge whenever I see Ric Flair on, on live TV because I'm just, like, scared he's going to fall and break a hip or... Yeah, I don't know. There's just something that's really off-putting about seeing it. And, um, of course, it's nice for the fans who are there in person seeing it, but I, I kind of don't see what this is going to contribute or what it's going to bring, For in my honest opinion. Even if he does return to the ring for a match, it's going to be painful as hell to watch for me. That's just not something I'm going to enjoy. I'm just going to be kind of watching behind a pillow um, or maybe doing my washing up when his match is on or something I don't know <laughs> so I, do, I don't know it's it's nice to see him it's nice to see he's well but I, I, I really hope that this doesn't mean he's actually wanting to start a feud with someone yeah I, I hope not you know like this is uh tough times Dynamite continue with Ricarda and Orange Cassidy losing to Claudio and Brian Danielson apparently has broken orbital bone I think his middle name is Lucky um Jackson, the AW injury problem is a big thing, but Danielson now, uh, his body is telling him it is time to retire, basically, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Mm. I mean, it was a great match and stuff. Um, and honestly, I think everyone could tell when when Casty hit that orange punch that something hadn't gone right, you know? Um, so it, it is a, it's a real shame because there has been like a sudden surge of injuries that are going around at the moment. Um, and and it just makes you worry for sort of like the future of AEW wrestlers in terms of like you know who's going to be left to sort of pick up the pieces when uh, there's continuous injuries going on. Um, but again, the, the, this isn't ultimately uh, this isn't something I would you know solely place the blame on Tony for. Um, you know, uh, AEW tends to be a lot more extreme than um, mainstream wrestling right now. Um, And this is what is causing these injuries, you know? Um, There's always a a no DQ or a Texas Texas death match, Um, you know, chain matches, dog collar matches. They could do with just, like, lowering down on, like, the stipulations um, in some of these matches, you know, just letting some of of these wrestlers actually recover. there's no harm in just letting wrestlers have a normal match. We've seen what AEW wrestlers can do in a normal one-on-one match with no stipulations attached to it, you know? So there, there doesn't always need to be the, necessarily this amount of carnage, you know? Um, and I think lately AEW has been going, like, full-on with that. Uh, they, they could afford to just step back a bit and just let their wrestlers um, rest uh, their bodies yeah, this is part of the problem as well when they want wrestlers, you know, to have more control 
over stories, what they do in the ring. But if there's no one kind of stopping them and going, no, don't, you don't need to do this every dynamite. You know, you don't need to do it on the rampage. Mm. Save yeah. it for, you know, like, we're going to talk about Darby Allen in a minute. And it's like, motherfucker, just mm. leave it for big shows. All right? You, you yeah, don't, yeah. You don't need to bump like that on collision. You know, yeah. no one cares. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we move on on Rampage. Santana beat Ortiz. That could have been so much more. Mark Briscoe returned on Collision. MJF beat Kenny Omega to break his world title reign. This could have been on any pay-per-view this year, and there was enough for him in AEW, uh, but for some reason it wasn't. Dynamite November 1st, Orange Cassidy beat Claudio. We learned Adam Copeland, the team with Darby Allen and Sting at full gear. Tony Khan's big announcement was that tickets go on sale. Well, that is a big announcement. Um, Embassy won the trio titles back. I'm glad that wasn't a waste of time. Paul White will team with Jericho Omega and Ibushi. MJF had to team with the acclaimed. Jay White pinned the champ in a fun main event. And MJF did want a scissor, but Kester did take a shot in the mouth for him. Which is always good, Monty, isn't it? Taking a shot in the mouth for a friend. I'll do it for you, friend. Would you? Uh, you say that. It's, we'll see if it if it would happen uh, in reality. People say that, but yeah, I know people who don't like to get hit either. Come on now. Ah, seriously, like honestly, I don't, <laughs> nah, fine. Whatever. One day it's good for when we finally meet. You're gonna start a fight with someone. Throwing someone away. going you, you imagine trying to trying to. <laughs> In that case, then, yeah, I got your back, man. <laughs> well, we move on. Lance Archer returned to try and kill Darby Allen, and and I hated the booking here because it's like, oh, look how much punishment Darby takes, but wins, and it's like, but Lance, but just, yeah, yeah. Lance, come back, just let Lance win, then you know, it's just it's as simple. Um, and Jake's voice is gone. I don't know if anybody else has noticed. That is. <laughs> One of the downsides of smoking crack, all right? So just remember that, kids. Um, there are downsides. He acclaimed... I thought you were going to say cigarettes, man. <laughs> the acclaim celebrated 69 days as champs. That's an odd day to celebrate as well. Um, I don't know, really know why. Uh, November 8th, Dynamite. MJF retained the AW World title, beating Danny Garcia. Page puts were through a table. We see Jericho and Omega and the Young Bucks. Uh, backstage into a challenge at full gear, including Eva. I'm again speak about this a lot, but their tag title opportunity, the Bucks versus Jericho and Omega teaming up again. Back in the ring, uh, Samoa Joe defended his title against Keith Lee. He scored the win via choke out and proceeded to vacate the title. So, what was it? I mean, Gina, what was right the point? <laughs> Gina, what was the point? Why don't you just have Keith Lee winning? And how far has Keith Lee fallen? Oh my God! Yeah, it's just it's it's actually ridiculous. Like these matches and the, the outcomes are actually so mind blowing. You're just like, why why would you do that though? And it's like not helping anyone in that situation. It's not. So I feel for Keith Lee because he had such a buzz when he came in, and they just killed it off. And especially if you look at where Swerve's gone now. You think they never had that match? <laughs> you know they 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 feuded for about. Oh yeah, you forget months, about their you forget about match. their rivalry. <laughs> yeah. You forget about how he even came into it with Keith Lee. Like you just think of Swerve on his own. You don't actually associate Keith Lee when you think of him. 
So it's just crazy how far Keith has fallen from where Swerve is. Without a doubt. We see Orange Cassidy cut a promo challenging John Moxley for the international title at full gear. Moxley responded to Cassidy's challenge while Willie Uter warned Hook he'd crossed the wrong squad. Junior Hart beat the returning Red Velvet. Main event, Jay White beat Mark Briscoe. On collision, Hart beat Willow to earn a shot at the TBS title with Copeland, Allen and Sting tagging for the first time because why save it for the pay-per-view? Have it on a collision. Uh, Dynamite go home. Moxley used to beat Hook and Orange Cassidy with Hook being pinned. Uh, again, I thought that was, should be a big deal. But no one mentioned it. <laughs> I'm going like, hang on a minute, Hook, Hook's been like that for ages. Uh, Swerve and Page faced off. Sky Blue beat Red Velvet to be part of the Triple Threat match for the TBS title. We had like a Dragon Street fight. Mega Jericho White and Ibushi defeated Takeshita, Fletcher, Hobbs, and Cage. Jaxi, what were your thoughts on the like a Dragon Street fight? Uh, and I thought Hobbs and he dropped Big Show, but he did it. I'm sorry, Paul White. Yeah, before I say anything, like my sister's looking at me like she's got something really eager she wants to say. So, <laughs> like, honestly, I don't know if any of you know the Yakuza game um, franchise, but I love the Yakuza game franchise. So I'm not going to lie. I had a, a soft part of me was already biased just watching this match because it was associated with the new game that's come out for the franchise. But it's so fun. And some of the characters were actually dressed up. Uh, some of the wrestlers, sorry, were dressed up as the characters. Um, so Takeshita was one of them, and I think Jericho was the other. And they're just great characters. So if you kind of want to see what reference they were dressed as, just type in Yakuza, and you'll see some of the costumes that they wore. But yeah, I was excited <laughs> by it. Yeah, um, I haven't, I haven't actually played these, but I have seen my sister play some of them. So I thought it was really fun in terms of the setting. Um, it very much like had a, a, a Sega feel to it. And as a gamer, you know, you, you got to appreciate sort of the aesthetics there. But I, my God, I'm just going to go straight into the, the Will Hobbs picking up Paul White. That was actually a thing, you know? Wow. I did not think he was going to be able to do that. But also Paul White kind of came across like he landed very awkwardly, um, you know? So I really hope he's doing okay. Um but uh, yeah, that him. that was crazy. Fuck him. He shouldn't be wrestling <laughs> this time. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think I think the, the the whole reason for him being like, from my point of view, watching this match, I felt the whole reason why Paul White was incorporated into this match is to actually put over Will Hobbs as that much of a threat. I mean, the man just picked him up. Like you know, I think yeah. that proved their point. So um, I mean, I think out of it. Everyone in this match, uh, Will Hobbs shined completely. Like, he came across dominant. He came across like a force to be reckoned with, you know, a mad dog that maybe can't be controlled. Um, They physically had to tape him up to stop him from, like, interfering in the match because they couldn't put him down, you know? And that's what you could see throughout this match, especially when he joined after taking out Paul White. So, I mean, overall, I thought this match was great. I thought it was fun. Um, and I'm always going to enjoy and appreciate um, when when matches are actually paying homage to games. So, yeah, yeah it was it, overall, I it really enjoyed it. Or AEW being paid to advertise, which is fine. Again, we watch pizza yeah, WWE I matches mean, all the time. So, again, exactly. it's the same. It's the same and we get, we get continuous progressive you know, reminders as well when it comes to WWE. So I, I will enjoy the fact that 
instead of, you know, random adverts and, you know, pizza places that are sponsoring it, I'm, I'd happily have a gaming themed wrestling match. Uh, to, to be I'll fair, every time we were on the stage, I thought a wrestler was walking off, but it was the graphic of the guy walking off in the background. Uh, <laughs> and, and also, it's the first probably match like that I've ever seen someone take a massive table bump in Fletcher in like the first 20 seconds. And I thought, this match is either going to be over in a minute or like he's coming back, which he did. But that's kind of all Paul White did, really. Chokeslam Fletcher, yeah. get slammed in car. But again, that's good enough. You know? Yep. Uh, MJF promo, yeah. uh, impassioned. He talked about full gear, full gear and defeating Jay White to retain his title. Switchblade interrupted and insisted MJF was the devil and claimed the champ was no hero. After Valentine beat him at full gear, White six the guns and Juice Robinson him. Blade runner before standing tall with his Bullet Club teammates. On collision, Ruby Soho and Cool Hand Luke, romance has blossomed. This has been one of my favourite stories, and you knew I was going to mention it. Because I always like a good romance in uh, wrestling. Yeah, I'm invested. Yeah. I, we're so invested. I just can't wait for, next, for the next Dynamite because I need to see what the next part is going to be. I'm yeah. so invested, like the drama. Yeah, yeah. It, it's slowly, it really has blossomed, you know, week after week. And, and I don't feel like Mandy Rose Otis if we had a really good romance in wrestling. Mm. You know, so Yeah, it's refreshing because it's done in a way where it's not like girl in trouble. So man goes out to save her, you know, it's actually just been something that's progressively blossomed whenever they run into each other. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I got to admit, I, I kind of like this pairing. I don't know if this is something that's blossoming off camera yeah, as well yeah, as that's a on great camera. Act. I don't know. Yeah, either, this is, yeah. either way, I, I don't really mind. Like, I'm, you know, I don't really try to get involved in, in what, who, who dates who in wrestling in real life, but regardless i just love this pairing i'm so invested i can't wait to see where it goes it is the best thing that he's done in a, in a while so let's hope it goes yeah. somewhere uh on rampage jay white was given an interview to close the show when mjf attacked him uh they ended up in a ring where mjf ended up getting beaten down by the guns and switchblade samoa joe made the save but it's unable to help mjf reclaim the belt it looks like joe and mjf will be the ones to defend the ring of honor tag titles at full gear Monty, is that the right choice for MGF? Get Samoa Joe's help finally after it looks like everybody was taken out. Of course, the claim taken out by the devil and his group, yeah. which we'll probably talk about more uh, next month. But again, MGF's story has probably been the most consistently booked. And you can tell Tony's taken his time with this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the one that's, given, that's been given the most attention, you can tell. Uh, and I, I wonder how much is Max's input in general also, uh, you know, at this point, you know, you just, it makes you, you always wonder what can, what type of input the wrestlers themselves are putting into it. Cause it does seem to have a real methodical, uh, you know, but personal touch to it when it comes to uh, Max's career. A lot of, every time something happens, people on the internet are making callbacks to why this is person is the devil. And what is going on here and all that. And all that intrigue uh, is at the end of the day is, it's masterful, part of masterful uh, storytelling when it comes to Max's part, especially. So, uh, but the thing is about it with the Samoa Joe thing, I'm not going to say it was the right call. I'm just going to say it was the next logical. So it makes sense. It's right in the sense that it made sense as far as like where they were, where they seem to be going, especially with Samoa Joe just kind of 
you know, retiring the title and just coming out of nowhere saying, you know what, I want another shot at Max. And, you know, it's it's fine. I understand it. But, like, the I will say this. The, the, the title picture was getting a little convoluted. And sometimes when you get a, a lot of moving pieces like that around the championship, it gets confusing. But this made a lot of sense. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, so we're going to start then full gear November 18th with Zero Hour. And they didn't hang about. We got straight into it with Ring of Honor World Championship match. Eddie Kingston versus Jay Lethal. Lethal controlled the pace and dominated the action. But the gritty Kingston never gave up, fighting his way back in the bout. Just looked like though Jeff Jarrett's trademark guitar would play a factor in the closing moments. Ortiz appeared and blasted Duck with it. The distraction allowed Kingston to rock Lethal with backfist and score the successful title defence. So, Jaxie, start us off. What were your thoughts on this match? I mean, they they worked really well together, you know? It was a decent match. And I think um, sometimes you kind of forget about sort of the veteran that Jay Lethal is in the ring. So it was, it was a good match. Um, I would say it's kind of one that's sort of like zero hour worthy, you know? Um, there wasn't much build up to it. So there wasn't like much of a story behind it other than just sort of being a title match. Um, but yeah, I thought it, it did the job. It, it kind of got the the crowd awake, you know. I think about that. I mean, what would you score out of five to start us off? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a good three and three and a half. Yeah, three and a half to start. Uh, Monty, what about you? Yeah, it was solid. Like you said, two reliable workers. You know, with Jay Lethal, he's been doing this a long time. So, you know, he kind of has a formula. I've watched Jay Lethal hundreds of times, whether it's ring or on him, whether it's impact. So he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. And then you got to meet up with a guy like Eddie Kingston who can uh, apply his style to pretty much anyone on the roster. So, uh, you know, it, like you said, it wasn't really much build. It was just a title match. So for what it was and where it was placed on the card to kind of get things kicked off, I thought it did a, a solid job. And it didn't it didn't overstay his welcome, and it wasn't too much nonsense either. It was just straight up wrestling, so I can't complain too much. So yeah, uh, and Eddie looked big wins. You know, for a while I have to at least give him credit because for a long time, you know, Eddie would do a lot but still lose in the end. So it's good that he's winning and beating people we feel that he's better than based on his standing in the company. So this was solid. Uh, like you said, three and a half is fair. I think that's where I stay too. Yeah, right now, uh, Gina. Yeah, I gave it a three and a half as well for the same reasons. It was a good match, but I, to be honest, I knew Eddie was going to win it sort of overall. One, I not knew, but I figured like it would be best for him to win this match in the end. So I'm glad that he did. So three and a half. Yeah, well, I doubt three and a half for me as well. Having a group of hills loose to one face doesn't build them as a threat, but <laughs> more on that later. Uh, out of five, like I said, predictions. Well, prediction leagues 2023. After Crown Jewel, before Full Gear. So, WWE, one WWE event left. Gina is on six, so she is guaranteed a league win. James is on five, that's me. Monty on four. Jaxie is on one. Bonus league, we've got four bonus points left. Monty's on 16, I'm on 15. Gina on 14, that's a bit too close. Jaxie on 11. And AEW with two shows left. 
Jaxie is in lead with four. Monty, James, and Gina on three. Uh, start with a point with Eddie, so all on one. RJ City and Rene Paquette leading the traffic with Stokely Hathaway. Remember when he came in as the greatest manager ever? <laughs> uh, Claudio Castanoli versus Buddy Murphy next. I mean, leave it disappointed, really, delivering a good, hard-hitting match that saw both men bruised and welted, but with Castanoli ultimately getting the win with the sharpshooter. Um, Monty, what were your thoughts on this? I thought this was really good. Like you said, they both worked hard. It's, I think uh, in my mind, I probably, because I know what they both capable of, probably was hoping for a little bit more. But when you think about where they placed it on the zero hour and just like you said, uh, you know, they both worked hard and ended up being really physical with each other. And I thought they did good with the cap, with the counters and some of that. And I know it was a pre-show, but the crowd didn't seem to be as, you know, as hyped for it as you would expect. But, you know, I, it had its moments still. I thought it was it still was a good match. It just maybe again maybe with my expectations of both guys, I probably was hoping for something more. But for a zero hour, it was a really good match. So yeah, I think it was a positive experience overall. But you know, again, it's one of those things about when you have limited interest in a match outside of what they're gonna do in the ring. Maybe that has something to do with it too. But no, I thought it was really good overall though. Still, yeah. What would you score out of five? Uh, three and three quarters. Three and three quarters. Yeah. Um, I said. I mean, Gina. I was a little bit worried that when we when we got the we want mummy chance because it seems Buddy has everything but a character, and I think being in the Judgment Day might work even better than being in the House of Black. But again, we can't have everything, can we? <laughs> I mean, no, for sure. I I mean, in a way, for me, I feel like that it was not just. Distasteful. I don't think that's the right word, but like I don't know. I feel like they need to kind of keep, you know, the the platform separate, and fans should kind of want that for for the wrestlers as well. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm sure Buddy really would have appreciated wrestling to not wrestling to like mommy chants, you know. Um, but who knows? He could have found it funny as well. So we don't know, but um, I just think that because it's you know not it, if it was the same program, then it makes sense, but. Because it's not, I I don't know. For me, I, I wasn't exactly, you know, jumping for joy hearing those chants. But I still enjoyed the match. And I think both of these, I, I like both of these wrestlers. So for me, it was hard to kind of choose. I was kind of cheering them both on. Yeah. Like I said, they are great times. What would you score out of five? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to copy Monty three and three quarters. I like this match. It was good. Yeah, and Jack C again, two good talents there. Does Claudio deserve a little bit more though, considering uh how great he is? Mm. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the Blackpool Combat Club have been thriving all year. Um, they've really been doing a well with raising Utah up to be sort of like this more aggressive fighter. You can sort of tell that like you know the t under the tutelage of Claudio you can see sort of aspects of that coming into his, his sort of style of wrestling um I do um I do think that they need to do more with Claudio right now because he really is on a, a bit of a flex right now and you know with with his promo work was it's getting even better you know especially after what happened with uh, uh Brian Danielson um you know that that promo he sort of like did with 
Orange Cassidy. That was, um, you know, like even bigging him up a lot more. So, like, I was intrigued to see this match, and I the, the level of trouble one another has, um, you could just tell in this match they both went hard anyway. Um, but Claudio really did sort of shine in this match. Um, I, I'd like to see him get pushed a little bit um, more than what he already is. But like, yeah, you can't complain with watching these two in a, in the match. I'm gonna give it a three point nine five. What did you give it? Sorry. Oh yeah, I didn't actually say that. Um, I'll go same, same three point nine five. It's just I love the talent thing. With great talent, you know, you give always give a little bit more predictions. Yeah, both of them. Predictions: We all went Claudio on two. The Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship: MGF and Samoa Joe versus the Guns. MGF did not want to tag Joe, even turning his back on him at one point. Help me realise he would need the support of the Destroyer if he wanted to obtain the titles. Joe provided just that, rolling late in the match as he took the fight to the challenges. When Austin and Colton Gunn got the best of him, Adam Cole made a surprise appearance that proved destruction and allowed Joe to score the win with a Kakina clutch. After the match, the Hills built that beat down MJF and destroyed his knee, casting doubt as he would be able to defend the title. And as Zero ended, he left in an ambulance shout to Adam Cole. Don't let them take my title. Um, I mean, why? I mean, Gina, I'm going to ask you what you think about the match. But why didn't MJF say to Joe, the agreement for your title match is not only to team with me, but to make sure they don't beat the shit out of me afterwards? How fucking simple is that? I'm going to say this a lot tonight. (laughs) I, I, I... In a way, it's kind of like, well, what's the point? Because we know that Joe still is only doing this with one goal in mind. <laughs> so, like, to be honest, he doesn't care about your ass. He cares about the title match that he wants. So um, it, it kind of was like slapping you in the face, but it's also giving that trust to Joe to have your back. So, yeah, I mean, it was nice to see this team up, but um, I also am more eager to see the match between them two. So they're just building a lot of it. I just, I, I just don't. I mean, and again, I mean, Jaxie, if I'm wrong, please tell me. But if Adam Cole's there, why don't he just sit, stand in the corner with MJF, mm-hmm. and then that stops Joe yeah. from taking the title shot? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just kind of confused as to. Uh, obviously, we're look we're we're discussing this in hindsight, but I'm very confused as to why even uh, things went down the way it did at the end of the tag match. Because um, surely, Joe, you would want to invest in your assets mm-hmm. if you've just worked your butt off to win that match. It made no sense for you to then just like left into it, you know? I don't, uh, Monty. Can you shed some light? I mean, surely <laughs> yeah. either Joe or Adam Cole or you know someone. What? What, what? what are we missing? <laughs> it's crazy because I thought the match and everything else as far as the spots go, I thought they put that together really well. But like you said, it's the after match that kind of just leaves you scratching your head, wondering, you know, what the hell are they doing? Uh, mostly because it just seemed... They, and I'm not... This is not me taking a shot at AEW fans, but it is fans out there who take shots at the WWE for being theatrical or entertainment or whatever. But I don't know what the hell you want to call that (laughs) with, you know, with this type of prompt, you know, when you think about it. Now, I do understand trying to take advantage of the 
possibility of MJF getting hurt. But like you said, the execution of it all was rough. I'd rather him get hurt in the match or something. Joe carry him over. And then they, they do the whole will they won't they later mystery or whatever they want to do at the main event. But either way it go, I, I did think it was unnecessary. Uh, we was already kind of intrigued for what you already had lined up, whether MJF survived that tag match as champs or not. So the whole injury thing just kind of feels unnecessary, especially when you think about high in hindsight. But when I try when I try to think about it in that moment and watching it, it just felt like, okay, all right, well, let's just see how they try what they try to do with this. But it was a lot of logical things that didn't make sense about it. So you 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 guys are right. It's just at the time, he was just like, all right, let's see what they do with this, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> and the fact is as well, and I'm sorry, but even in the effect of an injury, the title would be vacated. And I know we're going to get onto that in a minute. Yeah. But not given to the fucking guy who injured him. Like, sure. So, like, yeah. <laughs> what could they do without him? That's another thing. Like, yeah. the champion always had the advantage. So why did he magically... <laughs> Not, or why did someone have to magically have to defend it all of a sudden? Like I said, it's just so overthought, in my opinion, when you think about it, why they did what they did when they just, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Also, just add on to this like the question of we've seen how Tony has like instantly reacted to things happening on, you know, just a normal dynamite. And yet, Tony stayed quiet (laughs) about all this. Are you telling me, Tony, that you were actually happy for like, you know what happens after with like your your main asset. What just happened in the in the first mm-hmm. round of the matches? You're happy that your main asset has been rushed off to hospital and can't potentially have this main event match. And you're actually happy with his injured partner kind of coming in. To say, like you're not going to get involved in none of that, no? All right, Tony, where were you? Well, where were you? And also, it's an investment on a pay per view. People paid it, and you're going to put MJF in that right. situation, and you're going to be like, okay, right, yeah. I haven't got a backup plan. You know, so I hope another yeah. injured superstar takes this. Not superstar. They're not superstars yeah. in AEW, sorry. They're just rest. Also, you're also teasing with trying to make it, like, I kind of figured it was that it was a uh, it was gimmick, but you never know. So, like, what if he really does get hurt in one of these opening <laughs> matches? Like, is this your plan? You're just going to throw something together in the end? Like, that's, like, you didn't really know at the time where they were yeah. going with it. But, like, that's another element of it that kind of, made it be like, okay, why are we doing this? Is he really hurt or is this just, what it was this part of the story? And again, it's like, I can't believe I was saying it as a match, but I thought the guns deserved a little bit more in the match, you know, like, and then like you say, the thing that happened afterwards, you're going, whoa, wait a minute, Attitude Era, what are you doing? Um, but again, yeah. we'll just do scores for this match quickly. Gina, so what would you score out of five? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to give this one three and three quarters as well. Yeah, fair enough. Uh... Who? Who? Jaxie, sorry, Jaxie. Jaxie, Jaxie. Yeah, I've gone three and three quarters for this one as well. Three and three quarters. Monty? I don't think it was better than uh, Claudio, so I'm going three and a half. I went three and a quarter. Uh, predictions we all went MGF so all on free we get a standard opening and then Sting's final match in the state of California kicked off full gear which saw him partner with Darby Allen and the rated R superstar Adam Copeland to defeat TNT champion Christian Cage Luke Soros and Nick Wayne 
We see a children's choir sang the Hill team to the ring because Christian Cage is full of kids. Uh, and it should not be lost on anyone that Wayne was in the ring with three legitimate Hall of Famers as well. Allen took a sickening spill over the top, bumping the apron on the way down. And of course, new AEW signing Ric Flair got involved. Cage uh, left his teammates behind to fight the battle for him. And then the Stinger Splash, Spear and Coffin Drop put down Luchasaurus. Uh, so, Jaxi, what were your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, Sting, Darby and Edge just all looked great coming out as a trio. Um, I absolutely loved the gear. Um, it really just kind of got you already lit and excited for that match, just to see sort of, like you said, um, you know, sort of like these legends in the ring together. So it, it, it was like, it was very entertaining. Um, and I think that that was something that was actually needed after kind of what we had, like the previous stuff we were talking about, like not in a negative way, but uh, sort of with MJF and potentially being injured and all that. Um, this felt very feel good to see sort of the likes of Adam Copeland uh, walking down the ramp with someone like Sting. So um, I think overall, for me, this felt like a feel good match. Um, there were definitely like some moments that like really just kind of uh, worked well together and just seeing sort of like the standoff at, at the very beginning between uh, Adam and Christian and then for Christian just to tag out instantly you just knew it was going to happen you knew it you know so it, yeah it yeah. just had the, all, all types of kind of fun um, incorporated into the match for me well you're right the makeup was cool as fuck and also like you said as well they're saving the uh, Adam and uh, Cage face off <laughs> to another point uh i kind of drifted off here all right i'm not gonna lie like, i enjoyed the action but obviously steve i ringside and then i noticed like aw with the led board on the ring and then around ringside and then i looked at the six seats right in the middle I thought, that's a weird design for like an arena and then i thought hey wait a minute <laughs> and like maybe maybe i'm not as excited for this as i should be i know uh, cage versus adam is still a big deal it's like the aw it's like aw having the hardies you see, uh, but yeah. again, th this is my problem. Is it's like, uh, Monty, we've talked about this before with with other wrestlers, but Darby Allen will break his back one of these days. I hate to say it, but the way he bumps, there, there's no around it, you know. Yeah, especially the thing is, when, I think it's the frequency with it. You know, like you mentioned before. Not only could you just only bring it out for special events, but I think they mean more, uh, like, when it looks like he really, you know, like you said, just almost butchered himself or whatever, doing some crazy spot. You you assume sometimes, you know, you really want to know if he's okay with it. Well, when you finally do the injury angle, what the hell is he going to have to do for us to believe <laughs> that it's over? Truck. He won't like, even be in Right, the like, what the hell... Exactly. What's going to convince you that Darby's going to stay down? <laughs> you know, somebody, like a heel is going to have to powerbomb him 30 times on the bare floor or something. Like he's going to need, a, you know, a, some, like something extreme because he just takes so much damage all the time to where we're just used to him taking damage. So, yeah, it's one of those things. I think I come to expect it, but I'm with you. It's like 
It's no, I don't know. I don't know what his plans are. I don't know if he, I know he, if you go off his promos and who he is, he really lives for the moment. He's not really looking ahead, but yeah, man, it's going to be hard for me to imagine. You talk about Brian Danielson's body showing signs. I don't know how the hell, but it was just like with Jeff until like his early 40s. I didn't know how the hell Jeff avoided injury. Jeff Hardy avoided injury so long. So some people are weird like that, but. Yeah, man, I don't know. I'm with you, though. He can't do – he does not need to do this every other match because it was a basic match other than a lot of the craziness that he kind of took. Uh, you know, fun, like you said, solid in every other area. And like you said, it was very, very expert stuff by Christian being a great heel. But the Darby Allen parts kind of stick out because they weren't really necessary. Well, and also another thing that surprised me about Darby, he got in the microphone afterwards, and he said fuck more than I do. He was, fuck this, fuck that. I was like, Darby, man. I was like – Watch your mouth. Uh, and another thing, Gina, I'll ask you about. I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked to hear like, him come out with that. I mean, on the zero hour, I probably would have expected it, but I didn't actually expect it on the main event. Yeah, Jesse was like, fuck, 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 fuck. Um, but what I was going to say, and I asked you, Gina, because I know you're fair and impartial. For me, Nigel McGuinness just, he's a bit too much with the praise of Christian. You know, I don't like just focusing on one wrestler. You know, it's it's not. I mean, to be fair, Drew McIntyre is so much better than Christian anyway. It's not a fair comparison. But do you know what I mean when someone just goes on about one guy too much? Yeah, I definitely get you there. Um, the thing is, I I kind of like you know um how I say like I put like Michael Cole on mute for myself so even though like he's actually talking I really have just muted him I've learned to mute him it's the same with Nigel a little bit I've kind of muted him a little bit (laughs) because like he does he is a bit like a broken record on repeat and you hear the same things and the same compliments and it's kind of like get it you're up this guy's ass you know so (laughs) (laughs) yeah McIntyre uh, anyway, Jaxi, what are you going to score this at five to uh, continue? Um, sorry, I'll score it uh, three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Uh, Gina, what about you? Yeah, I'm also going to do three and a half. I kind of knew the outcome for this match. I knew it was going to be Edge. You're not going to bring him onto this show, make this big, you know, palaver, and then have him lose his first like kind of pay per view match. So I knew that their team would get the win. So it wasn't really a a shock twist, but it was still a good match. So I think three and a half is still good. Yeah. Monty? Yeah, I think that's fair. Three and a half. Probably the best place for it. Yeah, I'll give it 3.95. Predictions you won't face is through all on four. Tony Schiavone revealed MJF is injured. Will be unable to defend his AEW world title later tonight. How very WCW. Adam Cole interrupted volunteered to do so in his place. This is despite being injured and having undergone surgery recently. Uh, so what was even more stupid, it just became fucking just dumb. As Jay White thought he was going to get his title. Happens with that later. We'll move on to the AW International Championship match. Owen Cassidy versus John Moxley. The champ came out first, uh, which you don't normally see. But Moxley started strong. Throwing Orange Cassidy around ringside. Freshly squeezed, absorbed everything Moxley threw at him. Blooded his challenger with headbutts. Not really a surprise, though, it is Mox. Uh, um, Moxley nearly won worth uh, with ground and pound and a bulldog choke. But Cassidy got to the ropes. Tried to win with a red rum. 
The crowd was split. Mox was sent into an unprotected turnbuckle, and then Orange Cassidy rocked him with six orange punches before pinning him with the beach break. Uh, Monty, what are your thoughts on this? Because Moxley doesn't normally lose like this, does he? No, he don't. And, you know, that was one of those things coming into it. You know, you just kind of, honestly, and another thing with the belt situation, I know uh, I'm happy for Orange Cassidy. If you remember, last time we had this situation, I was actually rooting for him to get a big victory like this over Moxley because I understood, you know, what that could do for him. Like you say, he don't lose often. I just know what he means to them. And getting a victory over him if you're someone in Orange Cassidy's position is definitely something you could be uh, looking forward to uh, doing. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, it, it, was, it was shocking, though, uh, but uh, still a good match. Uh, and it was one of those things where uh, with Moxley, I honestly thought the way Tony has been passing his belt around that it was going to go right back. <laughs> to Moxley, they could do what they were planning on doing before the injury and everything that happened. But, you know, I do think giving Orange Cassidy this win in the end, I think uh, overall that's a good thing for the Orange Cassidy character to continue to uh, build his credibility. Moxley doesn't lose really anything in the situation. But it was still a shocking finish, I, I have to admit. I don't think I've ever said this was an appropriate conclusion to a story that has gone on for months and a defining moment in the career of this guy. That doesn't happen in AWs, you know? Maybe Adam Page and Kenny Omega, but most of them don't. Uh, And like Monty's saying, uh, Gina, we should have seen Orange Cassidy winning, but Tony, we we thought Tony was just going to switch the titles, didn't we? Come on, let's just be honest. 100%. 100%. I was actually really shocked. This mm. this ending did shock me mm. a lot because, again, as, as Monty just said, we kind of had it before where Orange did get the win on Mox and that was, you know, a big feat for him. And, you know, this belt has been tossed back and forth between Orange Cassidy and others. And it kind of felt like, right, this is the next step in the international belt moving, moving hands again. And I truly thought Mox was going to get it. Um, mm. And... I'm not, I don't want to say I'm disappointed, but in a way I slightly am because I kind of feel like Mox would have been a a good international champ. And because the BCC are still kind of running hot at the moment, I thought it was a good time to give it to him um, Mm. whilst they're still kind of on top. I just add as well um, that we had the tag match um, just shortly before this where like they really told this story of Mox like, just literally standing straight back up after taking an orange punch. So they did a lot to really sell to you that Mox could take this belt, you know? So there was so much hype behind that. I think this did come across overall as a very shocking outcome. So especially from my point of view, I I thought that Mox had so much drive at this point that the belt was going towards him. I also kind of was thinking about the fact that Orange Cassidy has been injured for a while now, hasn't he? He's had like a bad shoulder and stuff. So I wasn't sure whether or not uh, there was need for the belt to change if there was like indeed like a real injury there for Orange Cassidy. So, you know, I, I think on in some way I agree with Monty, like Orange Cassidy needed to pick up this this win from Mox to really solidify the type like, you know, the, the type of wrestler he can be. Um but I, I, I got to admit, I didn't see it coming, you know? No. I don't know what was surprising. Like, the result and the way it turned out to be, or the fact that Moxley and, and Orange Cassidy worked so well. Like, how, how's that possible? Yeah. 
<laughs> that shouldn't be. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I, I understand what you mean. It's, it's, um, it's definitely a match that I didn't expect to be like sort of like have my eyes glued because I wasn't really sure of the outcome throughout any of that match. So um, it was one that, yeah, definitely I was just keeping an eye on. Um, I'm quite gutted because I, I, I went for, for Mox for the win. Um, so I took my first L here. So uh, this is where I started to get bittersweet. Well, it's going to get worse. Not going to lie. Thanks for sugarcoating it there. No problems. Uh, <laughs> Monty, what would you score this out of five? Uh, three and three quarters, I guess. I thought, yeah, three and three quarters. Three and three quarters for you. Uh, Gina? Um, uh, I mean, because I was disappointed with the ending, I want to go three and a half. <laughs> Fair enough. Jaxie? Yeah, I've gone three and a half as well. I went four and a quarter. Maybe I was just in the good mood. Who knows? Yeah, uh, I think you were. Yeah, well, well, we'll see, shan't we? Anyway, predictions, because <laughs> we all like to talk about predictions. All went boxly. So it's not just about Jaxie, everybody listening. We all didn't get a point there. So no perfect score tonight, all right? That is off the table. Oh, James, sorry, my bad. I actually thought you went OC on this one. I didn't know we all went Mox. Well, if I, if I did, it's just another point. Uh, Mark. Oh, no, we'll take it. We'll we'll all take the L here. That's fine. <laughs> Mark Briscoe joined Continental Classic. Don't get me started. Well, I have to next week, but not right now because it's time for the AW World Women's Championship match. Here comes Shida. Yes, three-time champion. We're hoping for a long reign versus Timeless Tony Storm. Uh, Storm introduces Shoe. And after referee Aubrey Edwards caught her, produced another, and rocked Sheeda with it for a two count. Luther stopped Sheeda from using a kendo stick, well, nearly, uh, but it did the second time round. He paid for it in the form of a low blow and a few shots about the body. There was incessant interference from Storm's butler and cheating from the challenger. And the finish came when she stuffed a metal tray in the back of her tights and did a running hip attack in the corner. Your new AEW. Women's champion, timeless Tony Storm. Afterwards, Mariah May joined Storm in the ring for the post-match celebration, bringing her flowers. Jaxie, take it away. <laughs> okay. Right. Let, let me uh, let me just say this first, okay? I actually like Tony Storm as a wrestler, and I, I'm, I'm loving this character that she's kind of been building up and stuff. It's she just suits it. She's doing it really well. <clears throat> I don't really want to badmouth the match itself, but I do want to actually just get um, out where my disappointment stems from. Um, so I'll just explain right now that, you know, there there has been a lot of discussion, especially across Twitter or X, um, that, you know, she does been seen as this sort of transitional um character uh champion and you can't help but then wonder whether or not there is some truth to that i mean look we did the same back in wembley you know mm-hmm. like yeah. she she just picked up the belt uh because they didn't want soraya pinning was it tony before yeah tony tony lost yeah, so the, yeah. 
Yeah, and so they're just kind of jumping back and forth. So I, when I say that I was really disappointed with the outcome of this match, I don't want you guys to think that I'm bashing on Tony for winning. It's not about that, but it's just about what they're doing with um, a, a wrestler like Shida who deserves a bit more than what what they're doing with her. Every time she is being given the, the, the championship belt, she smashes it every time in every match that she's got in every title defense she has. But she literally does not hold it long. And she's holding it for someone else. Because what, they didn't want Tony pinning Soraya. They didn't want them having a match. Why? Why? They really pulled Tony away from the outcasts as it is. So, so why bring Sheeta back into this if you were going to just change it that quickly to Tony? Like, can you can you expect? Do you have any idea, James Monty? Anyone have any clue? Because I'm I'm genuinely just confused as to what they're doing with Sheeta. Okay, well, I'm sure Monty's got his, but my idea is obviously Tony. Mm-hmm. The reason I went for her in this form was because of the momentum behind her. And she was being featured more. Uh-huh. I should have realised with Julia Hart as well, but especially mm-hmm. with Tony Storm. My only thing is, we talk about who beat who for championships. Well, who beat mm-hmm. Tony? Oh, Tony Storm. But didn't Tony Storm beat Jamie Hater to win the women's title? So maybe we might yeah. be getting Jamie Hater back to do complete full circle. But again, I think Tony Storm mm-hmm. is going to be a face before too long. With Shida, I just yeah. think she is. Like you said, a traditional cha- uh, transitional champion. It's just a shame, you know, because Sheeta deserves more than that. Um, I'm, and I'm not trying to take anything else away from anyone else because it, if that is true, like I would love to see Jamie Hare come back already, you know. But they could have, they could have handled this better. They could have, like, they could have thought about this a bit more. They should have actually had Tony win back at Wembley then, if that was the case, and not just do fan service of putting the belt on a UK cha- uh, wrestler. Uh, like they should have just like cut that shit, you know. Like th- there's a certain pride, obviously being there and watching Soraya win the belt, of course. But do you know what? If you were gonna do this, leave Shida out of it then, because of like I think she just deserves a bit more respect than that. Anyway. Um, Regardless, the match itself was good. Again, what Tony's doing with this new character that she's created is is brilliant. And like you saw those aspects of it coming out in the match, even up to you know what she did at the end. Um, that there's definitely more uh, growing with this. And um, personally, I thought that um, there was going to be a little bit of like miscommunication between what's what's the young protege's name? Uh, Maria M- Mariah May. And my sister just said Mariah Carey. (laughs) Yeah, so I thought that she might, you know, sort of have some form of miscommunication, try to get involved and then cost Tony the match. Um, But obviously it didn't uh, go that way. So I think they did well with, like, the way that they told this story between uh, Tony and Cheetah. I I just can't hide my disappointment at the outcome, though, you know? Uh, Gina, uh, like Jaxie says, you know, it is a bit of a shame. But as for the match, I don't think Sheeda and Storm needed all these bells and whistles. I think they could have gone out there and had a great match without any of this bullshit. You know, I think that's what's a shame. That is a shame. Yeah, definitely. They should have just let them have, like, duke it out and just let them have just, you know, a standard, like, match and just showcase talent of women's wrestling and, you know, in a way, like, some of, some of the tomfoolery kind of takes away from that. 
Um, and I, I do share my sister's disappointment because I also went Cheetah. I didn't see I didn't see it. And now now that you guys point out how much Tony's been featured, I should have seen it, to be honest. But um, again, I think it, it it's just a case of we didn't see this coming. But what does this hold for the future? And hopefully, you know, there's still like potential there for Sheeda at some point to have a nice comeback. But with regards to Jamie possibly coming back is a good angle for them to throw in. But um, the the wrestling itself was great. I, I always enjoy watching Sheeda. She's consistent and she she has great um, like a pers- uh great personality with the fans the fans absolutely love her when they're watching her she always has them you know chanting high and live so it's it's always great to watch but yeah well done tony yep well as gina you said that most people got wrong some some didn't uh monty what what's your thoughts on this whole situation and i was thinking it's a shame the four villains aren't about because what a tag team that would be with tony storm Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it would. It would be interesting, I guess. Uh, but no, uh, I, I must say, uh, timeless Tony Storm has been. It's been special to watch. It seems like a, it's a natural fit for her. Who would have thought? Especially when you think about how she was kind of over as a rocker chick, but you know, also you know, have played different characters. But like to see her evolution to this point is is really cool. But I, I, I'm with the girls in the sense that I definitely uh, thought that this would probably be a little too soon. I, you know, I'm used to slow burns, but something can be said. You can look at it the way I'm looking at it and saying she didn't need the belt just yet. She could have continued to build with uh, with her entire character and just, you know, pounce on it at some point later. But uh, honestly, like you said, John, you could just strike while the cord is high with the momentum. I was always of that thought process too. I just kind of went with my gut because the sheet of news was literally so fresh. And uh, I thought they were going to make a big, they make it, they seemed like at first they were going to make a big deal about Sheila being three time champion. But then, you know, immediately to put Tony right there at that level, right after, it's like, oh, okay, well, the one thing that Sheila had that you could just say uh, right off the bat, the only three time women champion in AW. Now it, that fast, Tony Storm is already three time with it. But you know, again, as well, you know, I can't. I, 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 this is this is what I will say. A lot of people who really like wrestling, really like wrestling, they don't like a lot of the, the character stuff. I love a lot of that stuff. But I will say this: I agree with you, James. That was the issue truly here. Is that if this is what Tony Storm matches is gonna go turn into, then maybe then maybe we don't necessarily need a title run from Timeless. Because she can wrestle, we know, and that's the pro- the problem is we know how good she is. So to watch her dumb down her style and switch it up to this extent, uh, even though I thought they did a good job, it's just you can just tell that what they weren't going out there and just like again, she she can really really wrestle. And her and Sheeta can do something special. So the fact that we didn't even get a glimpse of any of that, we just got this you know crazy you know and again aw aw fans come to me all the time telling you but this isn't it's in the sports entertainment this is real wrestling so i'm just trying to say if you're telling me tony and storm don't have any entertaining in it you're out of your mind but anyway that's besides the point uh that was the most disappointing thing that the match kind of suffered from all this too but yeah as far as the decision go i can see it from both sides 
And, uh, you know, of course, James is going to be a dick about the fact that he was right. You know, the rare time hey, that hey. he's the only one oh, right. the rare time. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, we shall see. Whenever you're the only one yeah. right, you have a lot to say. Magically. Well, well, as you said, <laughs> I was going to say Monty made a good point for once because he said <laughs> it was Tony Storm. And the difference between Sheeda and Tony Storm, Sheeda's won it three times. Tony Storm's won it three times with three different characters. So, you know... Right. Is, like, kudos. Yeah, that is pretty that's impressive. Cool. Let's hope Tony Storm's title reign is longer. That's the female McFoley um, now, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> All these it's different things. Yeah. Well, um, you know, one day they're going to have a version of, like, AEW's like version of Royal Rumble and Tony Storm's going to come out in her three different... <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for all Rampage start next year. Um, so, Jaxie, what would you score this out of five? I mean, yeah, I'm a bit bitter, but I'm just going to give it a three and a half. Three and a half. Uh, <laughs> Gina? Yeah, I mean, again, I kind of wasn't pleased that we, we kind of got more tomfoolery than we did get to showcase off their wrestling skills. So I'll give it three and three quarters, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great because it was taken away from. Monty. Yeah. Three three and a half for me, the, the match. I think uh, like I said, awesome for Tony Storm, but yeah, I wasn't really into this. Gets a four for me because it's great. Uh, predictions, everyone went Sheena, <laughs> apart from me. Oh, gosh. So it looks like I'm not in the lead with five, and the rest of you are on four. Oh. Uh, oh, gosh. Oh, my. Uh, Eddie Kingston wants to put his strong Ring of Honor titles on the line to win them and the Continental title. How did Tony come up with the Continental title? I wonder. That is it. That is, I never heard that before in wrestling. Uh, Ricky Starks and Big Bill defended their AEW World Tag Team Championships against FTR's Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, or as Collision says, that Dax Hardwood. Uh, House of Blacks, Malachi Black and Brody King, and the faction in Gobernables, yes, I can pronounce it now, Roosh and Dranistico in a four-way ladder match. Uh, there was little to no story. Fred just moves. High spots, big bumps and ladder climbs. Some good spots. Here we go. Dax suplexing starts to the outside. Meet meeting Brody and Bill. Uh, Blackson shot and ladder into Cash. Then getting pole driven into one by said Cash. Bonzo bomb to Drevlisco on ladder perch between ring and barricade. And Cash diving onto it as well. But it was Starks was able to rock Wheeler with on the belts. Knock him to the mat and allow an absolute to secure the successful title defence. Gina, going to come to you. What were your thoughts on your man? in the ladder match? I mean, we all knew he was a star. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, but I, again, I, I love the way that Ricky wrestles and his cheekiness. You know, he runs in, he runs out, he sees spots being set up and he tries to avoid it. So again, for me, my eyes were kind of glued to, glued to my man. But um, uh, overall, I thought it was a good match and they all kind of showcased, had, had a great time to showcase each of their skills independently. Um, and th there were some spots that I, I saw them take hits and I was like, shit, are they okay? Because again, with ladder matches, you can, you never know what's going to happen. And I think there was, oh, there was one point in the match when maybe it was Dax and he put like the ladder 
sort of over his head and he was kind of doing, you know, like a helicopter sort of thing. But I don't know why. I was just like, protect your neck, protect your neck, protect your neck. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, there's there's something about those matches that, that always does have me on edge, but that's the excitement about the match as well. Um, and again, because I grew up on, on watching the Hardys and ladder matches, it's always, it's so, you get an adrenaline rush just watching these matches. But of course, I'm going to be pleased with the outcome because my man's a winner. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, without a doubt. But I mean, that is the question, and we were speaking about it earlier jacksy about, about you know a certain rest as well is the risk worth the reward in this match when it's kind of like a four-way match just kind of made together you know what i mean it wasn't i mean i mean what you're like i said it was impressive but again there was no kind of it was once it was done you kind of forgotten about it yeah i mean again it's pretty hard to tell like any sort of story when it when it comes to ladder matches when it uh, within tag matches because like the whole sort of point of it is is a turmoil you know it's like a win for end there's no real actual storyline where you've got like emotional investment um into into like you know personal grudges or anything like that so this really was like sort of like a slobber knocker of look what we can do with ladders and like you know like you said um just a lot of big showcase of of uh, ladder throws and and jumps um i think the most sort of uh eye gauging thing for me throughout this whole match was uh just kind of seeing the times where brody and big bill would come together um and just expecting like just like those two to go off on one and i don't feel like they they managed to get that full chance to just like let them both unleash on everyone else you know and just completely eradicate them that would have been sort of um a fun sort of like little thing to see um but yeah i i think my my hope was to see sort of like a big um sort of I don't know if we would call this an upset or at all, but just a sudden change in the title belts um, when it came to the House of Black. I can't say that I wasn't disappointed at seeing Ricky and Bill um, retain, but I mean, there's got to be some bigger picture here. And I knew that, that whatever that was, it was going to sort of play into the the later tag match of Young Bucks and Kenny and Jericho, you know, um, with what their um, challenge on the line and stuff. So um, it was a really hard one to call, a tough one to call this one because ladder matches usually do tend to see a title change, you know? Well, it's interesting because we talk about House of Black as well. And I'm mm. a big fan of Malachi Black, but I think Brody mm. King is getting a better reaction recently. Um, I mean, he's definitely growing in popularity, you know, like you, you hear like the amount of howls that actually go throughout the whole arena whenever he's around. And that's even when he's just accompanying Julia, you know, I can't deny there's something so captivating about him whenever he's in the ring. Like it's almost like he demands everyone's attention and you just actually want to give him that attention because, you know, whatever he's going to come out with. It's just good. Like it's gonna throw you off. Like he's he's so talented in the ring, and I am I've been impressed so far with what he's done with uh, the House of Black, um, with uh, uh, like even just kind of coming out and accompanying Julia. It yeah, it just feels like something. It he's got something about him. I can definitely see him being featured more and more. Um, I love House of Black, and I could be very biased when I say this, but I don't think that it's going to be too long before there's gold on him again, regardless of whether or not that's tag gold or 
uh, singles gold, but at some point there will be. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, Monty's a bit weird, especially with kind of Malachi Black, even, speaking about him. He's been used kind of everywhere, but apart from that kind of world title run, you know, so we wonder if that's going to happen. But I think the talent involved gave enough. But as we're talking about, our high spots enough, you know. Yeah, and and, and it depends. Like I thought, this was a, this was definitely a high spot. I thought this was one of the better ones, one of the more the ones that did don't just bore you. But like, yeah, you know, sometimes you you lose complete logic or whatever. Sometimes in some of these matches, and they're just doing ridiculous stuff, you know, and one after the other. So I do think it's sometimes a lot to get wrapped up in. And uh, but it was it was still fun. I think at the end of the day, if you, if you think about a match like that from that sense, then it, it helps a lot of time. But uh, I'm with you though. It's, it's just one of those interesting things when it comes to Malachi Black. You know, would he? Do you consider him world championship uh, material or class? And I think I think talent wise, I think what I know he can do in the ring, he definitely has the potential. Uh, if, if if he's presented the right way, uh, and you know what the funniest thing about the Brody King thing to me is, I feel like him and Malachi Black once the, I'm not saying they need to split, but if they ever do split, they would be perfect opponents for each other. And it, it, even though I think at the end, then that you're basically giving it up the reins to Brody King, who by the way has always been special. I think what it is about Brody King is that he's unique. He's not, it's not nothing really looks like him. You know, he's huge, his style is different, or at least it's fresh, especially in terms of AEW. So I think uh, he fits right in perfectly, and I hope that they, they understand what they have. But just like Ring of Honor, when they had him for a long time when I was watching, they made, it took them a while to really realize just how good Brody King could really be. So hopefully the AEW don't make that mistake. And I think the same thing can be said with Malachi, but the thing is, man... Uh, I saw like Andrade complain about not having a match on pay per view. Like it's tough, man. These cars are stacked, and Tony just keeps signing people. Like he has unlimited runtime, so uh, it's always it's always like a revolving door, you know. At this point, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But hopefully, Malachi and uh, Brody King get positive things that way going into next year. Yeah, and again, another excellent point. People wonder why this is a four man tag match. You get eight people on the card, you know, like. Uh, rather than just making like starts and build versus FTR. Uh, but Gina, I know your man won, but what's your score out of five? You're going to five it up? Um, no, I'm not going to give it a five, but I will give it a four and a half. Uh, Jaxie? Um, I'll give this a four. And Monty? Yeah, it was uh, four and a uh, four, four and a quarter. I'm gonna give it four and a half as well because it's always nice looking at Ricky Starks. Uh, predictions: James and Gina went for Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Big Bill. Uh, Jackson Monty went House of Blacks. So it means I'm on six. Gina on five. Monty Jackson on four. The TBS Championship match next: Chris Statlander versus Sky Blue versus Julia Hart. Uh, Blue entered the arena to new theme music with a new look, completing the transition from the more generic babyface persona to the darker version of herself, brought by the missed attack by Hart two months earlier. Hart nearly won the title off a moonsault, but Statlander just nearly broke up the pinfall and drove a challenge to the arena floor with a power slam. Hart and Blue put aside 
to more than one occasion to date down Statlander. The champion continued to fight at one point obliterated blue with Saturday Night Fever, but an alert heart level Statlander, pinning her rival and winning her first title. Yes, your new TBS champion, Julia Hart. Wow. Um, so, Monty, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, man, this was a. Uh, uh, I hate to say it, I wouldn't have thought I would have said this coming into it, but this is my favorite match of the women uh, that the women had on this show. Nicely, we got my both women's titles defended here. Uh, I used to get, we, I used to always kind of resent them not being able to do that somehow uh, on the actual show, not part of the, the uh, you know, zero hour. And they did it here, so I got a good solid prop for that. But this was solid, man. It was a solid triple threat match. I, you know, I. It had its moments where you can kind of tell, you know, like Julia looking, still looking young, but Julia has plenty of time. And I think comes, she's already come so far when you really think about uh, where she was in the beginning. Chris Statlander still got a chance to look great, kick the ass in this match. And uh, I didn't think uh, that the uh, that the finish or anything took away from that. Sky Blue got a new look, new everything coming into this. So, uh, you know, she's all, you know, we'll get way to change. We'll see how what happens after this when it comes to her, but like she is on the rise and I think they can take, that's a beautiful thing. We got someone like Julia Hart right now on top of a women's division. She's so young. Curtis Sky Blue could be teammates or enemies for the rest for a long time to come if they do right and they take their time. So I really, I really didn't have a problem with this, man. I really thought everything turned out okay. This was solid. And uh, yeah, and I, I'm just glad that, it was kind of cool to see Julia Hart get this moment because I kind of felt like they wanted to do it in their one-on-one encounter. But, uh, you know, maybe this one, doing it this way, maybe is the safe way to go. But, yeah, man, I, I, I was proud of Julia Hart here, and I thought this was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, not to make excuses, but the only reason I didn't go Julia was because it was triple threat, and like I said, maybe single. But, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't like the fact they used this as a cool-down match. But, again... Like you said, Monty, at least there's two women's matches on the pay-per-view. Um, but Jaxie, I thought both of these put in a great effort as well. And it, like Monty said, it was a really fun match. Yeah, I have to actually agree with a lot of what Monty said about this match. Um, I really felt um, a change coming with Sky Blue. And I think this, obviously, this change with the music and her, her look... Um, is really meaning that, you know, she she is going to be featured a lot more. And I think that she's been having quite a few significant matches that that made sense for her to sort of be part of this. But, I mean, I kind of have the, the opposite effect to what you did when, when she joined the, the match as a triple threat. I felt like, okay, well, she's here to save Chris taking the pin. Um, and right now, Julia is on a high. Um, so... I kind of, I, I didn't, I can't say that I saw this coming, but I do think that uh, this was, this match was done really well. Um, and I actually agree with a lot of what you guys have said, which is that it was really fun. Yeah, really, really fun. Uh, Gina, anything else to add? Yeah, I mean, for me, again, I, I was so happy to see there were two women's matches on the pay-per-view. <clears throat> but I, I actually... Um, felt a lot more invested in this match. Um, <clears throat> the thing is, uh, they've done a lot of plotting with, like, the storylines for all three of them. They've all each kind of had their own little 
uh, foreshadowings and, and beef between each other on Collision and Dynamite. And they've been featured well enough that you're, you were invested to be like, actually, who out of these three is going to come out on top? Because for the past few few weeks, we've just seen them all going at each other. So I, I w- I'm actually happy for Julia as well. I'm glad she got the win and it was a bit of a risk, but I'm glad I went with it. Yeah, without doubt. Uh, so Monty, score out of five. I'm not going to give you three and three quarters. Uh, Jaxie? I mean, I enjoyed this, so I gave it a four. Uh, Gina? Uh, I'll give it a four and a quarter. Yeah, I gave it a four and a quarter as well. Uh, like you said, Chris had a so run, but it was Julia's time. And the house won one of three on the pay-per-view as well. Uh, predictions, everyone went... For her, apart from me, I'm a, because I'm a knobhead. So Gina joins me on six, Jaxie Monty on five. And then up next, we uh, it was revealed who the latest signee to AEW was. It was the aerial assassin, Will Ospreay. He says he will not be coming until he finishes up with New Japan. He did challenge Tony Khan to find him opponents, especially for Wembley Stadium next August. Uh, Monty, what are your thoughts on this? Because, you know, it's a legitimate... Venter, but will AW use it? Yeah. And you know, his contract with New Japan's not even up yet, man. Yeah, man, this is just a, a horrible way to do this, in my opinion. From uh, just from the standpoint, now I don't know how New Japan feels, but I haven't heard anything that may I know New Japan fans are not necessarily happy, especially the ones who watch AW, but like as far as like uh. How they feel about how they decided to just announce this and do because the problem is with Russell Kingdom coming up, biggest show for New Japan, uh, and Will Ospreay having a title match. When you say he's going to be finishing up, or you say we'll, we'll get him in February, you're basically giving up the fact that at some point, not only is Will going to lose his belt, it's going to do a farewell. Now, again, they could always swerve it and maybe you could say they work together. But that's not what they just said. They said exclusively. So it's kind of like similar in the sense of Jay White. Like, you know, Jay White is in this continental tournament thing. He could possibly win a New Japan belt. But in my mind, I'm already saying Jay White is probably not going to win the Round Robin tournament because he can't work in New Japan. Or at least if you're going off the, you know, the way they made the the banning of him working in New Japan. Now, is he only going to work in New Japan in America? So is that how they're going to do it? But I don't even know if he can actually do that anymore because he got, you know, fired from that. So anyway, the point is it's confusing. But this whole entire thing does not feel beneficial for their partners, especially the way they decide to do it. Now, I knew once Will Ospreay basically straight out told us that he that his contract was up in January. When he said that live on AEW television, you had to believe he was already negotiating or talking to Tony or Tony was – you know, baiting him or telling him about Wembley and how we could do it every year for you and all of this type of stuff. And again, it's never on the wrestler. I understand there's also opportunity for him. He gets to stay in the UK I'm hearing and also he gets to make a lot of money. So I don't, you know, and wrestle a little, little bit less, a less tougher schedule and then what he's having to do with New Japan and we talked about his longevity. So I think it's awesome for Will. But the way AW done certain things and the way a lot of New Japan or New Japan fans are on online or seemingly feeling about some of the decisions that AEW has made, the relationship seems a little bit one sided. And like I said, giving away this situation like this when you didn't even really have to. 
Because I think a lot of us figured Will would, show, would probably sign there anyway. I thought they were leading the entire time, even with them saying he was talking to WWE or whoever else he was talking Impact or whatever, he, whatever else he was entertaining. So I just don't understand the, the need to announce it right now. Other than, like you mentioned, let's drum up some. Uh, and I don't know how it's been going over there, but maybe maybe ticket sales were slower than they initially thought. So they were like, let's let's guarantee pretty much everyone that next year Osprey will be back at Wimbledon, so we can wrap up these sales. Because other than that, I don't know why they had to do this now when he won't be available for them until next February. Or whenever he's gonna come back, but again, Aussie Open was here. Like the United Empire frequents here, so like we get. It's, I'm not really surprised. It makes a lot of sense. So I don't really understood. I didn't understand why he had to dredge up all this intrigue about an announcement just to show us Will uh, in this situation. That's why I was kind of trying to expect outside the box someone who wasn't really already kind of under the umbrella. But hey, uh, you know, it's, it's big for Osprey. <laughs> We'll move on, because I'm sure we'll talk about Will Ospreay in the upcoming future. Uh, up next, Texas Deathmatch. Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. And what ensued was one of the most violent, grisly, and graphic matches in AEW history. It fit the story in that Page was vengeful, looking to punish Strickland for invading his home and threatening his family. The crowd cringed every time the camera on the crimson mask of the competitors, reacted for every high spot, and charted, this is awesome, even if it was not. It was weird in this match to see a staple that actually works, but don't worry, Swerve has done death match wrestling before. Paige then drank Swerve's blood, and that was like shit I'd never seen. Like, I I have seen a lot. King of the death matches with Mick Foley, and, you know, all the kind of FMW stuff, and ECW, I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, Paige got DVD'd on the cinder block. We got a chair and is swinging it with a barbed wire with Paige getting caught up in it, covered in glass. Get, uh, Paige smashing Swerve through a barbed wire board. Uh, this was just adrenaline-fueled, urgent burst of energy. Brian Cage interfered but paid for it. Paige finally got a measure of revenge on Prince Nana by driving through a table. But it was Strickland's use of a cinder block and a steel chain that ultimately earned him the hard full victory. I mean, Jaxie, man, have you ever seen anything like this before? I mean, yeah. It <laughs> is really hard to actually describe this match. It's one of those ones you really need to go and kind of see for yourself. I mean, especially the moment that you rightly so described, James, with Hangman Page, you know, going all you know vampire um I, it was a bit weird I, I i get the aggression that hangman page went in with um i think it, i think i think it was a bit extreme with the drinking of the bud um i would have more understood if he just like literally just gathered a lot of it and then like rubbed it over his face or his chest or something like you know we've seen wrestlers do before um but this was something this, this was something new wasn't it <laughs> Yes. So maybe I don't really know off. how to. Maybe catch on yeah. in ten years' time. Maybe no, we'll I do hope it. not. I hope not. Whoever's listening to this, please do not try that at home. Yeah. Um. But this match itself, it it was great. It had uh, there were so many emotions invested in this. Um. You know, I think there was a lot of people that were was hoping 
for Hangman to get some semblance of revenge after Swerve sort of home invaded him the week prior to this. Um, but at the same time, you can't deny the amount of chance of whose house, Swerve's house, that was continuously going on throughout the whole of the match. It was continuously picking up every now and again. And you you can't deny that, um, you know, right now, Swerve is on a high. So um, I, I think that I was very, I overthought things when it came to my prediction in this. And um, I'm really gutted that I didn't go with my gut instinct um, on this because they're really they've really got something with swerve here and i think that they really need to just hit the go button with it especially picking up the second win from hangman page after you know such a significant dramatic like series of home invasions that's where it's done so (laughs) right now they really do need to just kind of hit keep continue hitting go with swerve um they they can't lose they can't drop the ball with this they 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 did it something similar with Wardlow and dropped the ball so don't do that with Swerve like keep keep the momentum going for him because you know I love both these wrestlers but Swerve really is coming out looking like a like an absolute star right now yeah I mean like I said Adam Page looked like the old Adam Page in this match uh, and Prince Nano yeah is... someone who who hasn't got his aggression under control yeah. you know like they, like you really could tell that 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 is the ultimately the reason why Hangman lost this match Hangman had quite a few different um opportunities to pin him and he would have won yeah. but like that yeah. anger that aggression as as to you know what Swerve had done before this um and invading his home like that had literally gotten to him and we all know what hangman's rage does to him like it it completely blinds him you know and and he just couldn't see past that and just wanted to inflict pain on swerve and you did that but you also allowed swerve to actually re-pick up the momentum and pick up that win yeah i think that that's bang on uh prince nano is so much fun as well swerve had tribute to the fiend uh, with his tights the design of it was a tribute to the fiend uh, and Gina, like Jaxie, is just so eloquently put it. Swerve is a made man now. You know, it would. I reckon oh. he's going to be the one to beat MJF, surely. I mean, I I definitely would would feel more inclined to go with Swerve over that prediction if it's going that way, because um, as we know, even though MJF, who I never thought would be a face, is probably one of the biggest faces of AEW. And I think you just you really need a really bad heel and Swerve is the perfect person right now. I'm not saying chuck it on him right away, but start building that story for sure. They're they're setting it and they're setting it well. And like my sister said, keep that tempo going with Swerve because it's working. Um and I'm I'm also gutted. I thought Hangman might get a revenge on Swerve and get the revenge win, but no, like like again, my sister said the the rage got to Hangman and he let the win fall through his grasp. So, and AEW actually the blood splatter was so bad AEW had to change the mat and the canvas, you know, which they don't really normally do. I thought someone would be able to clean it, uh, but Monty like Jackson Jr. has kind of been bang on there. Uh, all I say to you is that we mentioned we talked about before with Cameron Grimes and LA Knight all those years ago, but when a feud works for both men. It doesn't matter who wins or loses because they both grow from it, you know? Yeah, I agree 100%. And, you know, then the thing is, is that I I didn't have faith in Tony that he would, uh, you know, stick to his guns and do the right thing and let's where it went. Because you're 100% right. A lot of times we fall in the safe loop 
a 50-50 or, you know, doing this for a grudge match. No, make it, make it, you know, be definitive, but also make it smart. Like you guys broke down. Like it's a, everyone knows why Hangman could not figure out and could not win this match. He was just too incensed. And that just wasn't really the angle I was thinking going into it. I was just thinking a guy coming in your house multiple times, he threatening you and your family. Nah, there's no way you can't let him win, right? But watching the, them execute that the way they did and tell that story the way they did and just how no matter how low Hangman seemingly went or no matter how low Swerve went, they were willing to match each other. And and like you said, it was some moments that was really, really tough to watch. And uh, it was I've seen some people literally talk about how they, you know, they're not into this type of wrestling. But I think when you think about what happened, like someone coming to your home and threatening you, your people, your family, your livelihood, this is one of those situations where I'm like, you know what? Not, it, not only that, it is called a Texas death match. So what were you expecting? But also, you know what I mean? Like, I get all the brutality. Like, this one time where you can be like, the storyline fits the brutality, even if it was a little much for some people, and I get that completely. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, this is this is one of those situations where both guys come out looking great. The Swerve definitely should be the one to dethrone Max. Or if, not, if not the one to dethrone Max, all I know is that hopefully – before this, before we all consider the, the momentum that had run out, that Swerve seen, Swerve had, needs to be world champion. If not a world champion, takes Corey Cassidy's belt or whatever. I know we we've been there before, but anyway, he needs to be a champion. I said this in the past, and I'm just gonna reiterate it now that Swerve has earned that. And like you mentioned, this 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 just makes it even clearer that he should be a contender for Max's belt soon. So or. Like I said, the one to do it. I wouldn't mind either way, but I just want him on te- guaranteed to be on television at some point because he's a champion. Because he's that damn good. We talked about it, James. I think I remember saying it. When they let him go, they were going to regret it. And and I, I stand on that 100%. That WWE will all, not that they're going to go in, out of business. A lot of smart asses trying to tell you, like saying WWE is going to go out of business because they lost a piece of great talent. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. You can't look at someone like Swerve and tell me you didn't see Star. We saw it when he was Isaiah Swerve Scott in NXT. So I'm yeah. like, come on now. The, the, I didn't think he would be this good yeah. so fast, That's but like, thing. we he, knew he, he can, could be a star. Yeah, he can, even with WWE, and this is like I've learned over years and years now, the fact of even if he does come back, when he does, he'd be even because he will be a star. You know, and like I said, where he will be in position of the card. Uh, so it's kind of win-win for him as long as this momentum continues. Yeah, I just hope they don't waste it and they pull the trigger at the right time and we don't come back looking at this a year from now like, well, I wonder what happened to Swerve, <laughs> kind of like we did with Wardlow. Uh, would it be fair to say it's five stars all round for everybody? Yeah. I pretty much say so. Uh, predictions, you went swerve, so it means Gina and James were on six. Jaxi, Monty on five. As we get to the Golden Jets, Kenny and Megan, Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks. And by the way, when I do this match, just for the people at home, I have got a shit-eating grin on my face. There was more than hard feelings and bragging rights at stake as a win for the Jets meant they would have received the Bucks' AEW tag opportunity. Interestingly, Don Callis joined the commentary team for his match despite his family losing. Might it suggest a major storyline development in this one? It appeared as though Omega might choose friendship 
over championship aspirations as he proved loyal to Jericho, rocking Matt Jackson with a V-trigger. The action would only intensify from there, culminating with the one-winning Angel by Omega to Matt for the win. After the match, the infuriated hometown heroes have a championship opportunity, seeing their friendship take another hit uh, through a fit, destroying the ringside area and refusing a sign of respect from Omega. Uh, so, Gina, what are your thoughts in this? The four ever-present in AEW, it seems. I mean, I'm, I don't know. This match was good, but it was also so frustrating to watch. Um, I was itching for the Young Bucks to win it because that's who I went with. But I also couldn't tell. I was frustrated on, um, because I couldn't tell who was going to get this win. And, like, you, you know how, the, like, the Young Bucks threw a tantrum after is like I kind of felt like that in my in my room watching it. I kind of was like up and like pacing up and down and like kicking my gamer chair, like fuck saying, you know, frustrated from the match. So um yeah, it kept me on the edge of my seat. But like I said, it was frustrating. It was good but frustrating to watch. Um because I just didn't know which way it was gonna go. And I don't know if it if it's because I figured that like Kenny and and Jericho were more of a newly tag team going up against a set of brothers. I so I thought they'd have you know Nick and Matt would have that advantage. Um, so I, I I suppose that's why I went for the win. But I also um, understood like they had stakes in this too, where like the I think it was the Young Bucks they lost their tag team um, championship opportunity or something. Was it that? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So again, I kind of felt frustrated for the brothers, A, because I went with them, but B, because they've kind of lost that championship mm. match now, you know? So yeah, it was it was frustrating, but it did keep me on the edge of my seat at least. I, mean, I can't believe I wasted a song on you earlier, you know? Uh, but I suppose, you know, we all live by mistakes. Um, <laughs> Monty. <laughs> You're a cunt, Jim. <laughs> Get there, oh, in a minute, don't worry. Monty, you first. Um, this was a fun match, but after the massacre, didn't kind of reach the heights, did it? Even Jericho was arm going, Is that it? Really? Are you gonna pretend that's a big deal after we just <laughs> seen a guy drink another fella's blood? Yeah, I, I hate to say it, they kind of like, I, you know, they, they got shafted when you think about the positioning, especially for a Chris Jericho or an elite Matthew. You don't really expect for them, and I don't know if that I don't know if they have expected. But I mean, you had to know the Texas Death Match from Hangman is where it was going to be crazy tone switch from this. I know this had stakes, but you know it's gonna. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe they needed a filler in between. But yeah, you know. But I I did think they worked a really good match. It was really cool. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I picked the Bucks surely out of my agitation. That Kenny Omega is not allowed to be in a single. Like I hated that MJF match because it was so good, but it was bittersweet. Because I'm just like, I, that's what I want more of. I'm just sick. They they dragged this to Kesha and stuff for forever, and I'm just like, I don't want to see him team with Jericho. I mean, I just really don't really care about it. So I just picked them hoping that they would disband. But of course, I should have known when you look at every all the signs and just the issues the Bucks were having and all of that shit. So yeah. it makes sense. It's yeah, not a big does. deal. Yeah. But I, all I have to say is the match itself ended up being solid overall. The result, not so much. Uh, maybe that's not what I wanted. But honestly, I'm waiting to see what happens. We'll see. Like, you know, I, uh, 
the Bucks asked for time off after this. Like, I couldn't have called that happening, too. So I don't know what's going on or how if, if that's connected to a change in them storyline-wise or something legitimate going on, legitimately going on. So you never know. So we just got to wait to see. But you're, you're, you're 100% of tag, uh, you know, 100% right with that tagline. At the end of the day, if we have an AEW pay-per-view, <laughs> these four will be on it, whether we care about what's going on or not. <laughs> it really is. Uh, not many kick out the BT trigger as well, but uh, see, Jesse, right. um, how are you doing? How's it going? Were you happy about this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the, yeah, I mean, like by 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 the end of this match, I definitely was Nick and Matt Jackson. At the end of this match, I literally woke up my neighbours. I was swearing so much. Uh, uh, I just knew ultimately, fuck, James is one next. Like. I'm uh, like that's all I can think about. It wasn't even like you know the fact that the young bucks lost. It's the fact that I knew in that moment I'd fucked up, and at this point there was no taking it back. I'm not winning this against James, and I took that shit personal, like seriously. So I, I'm pissed. I'm pissed from this outcome, as you can tell. Look, look. Uh, young bucks, you let me down, boys. You let me down. Um, but again, I have to agree with a lot of what Monty uh, pointed out in everything from sort of not really like seeing the signs of what was going on with Nick and Matt Jackson, like, you know, and, and wondering whether or not something more was going to come out of this, um, you know, like as, as like what we've just rightly seen. Um, but I also wasn't kind of expecting to see sort of like Jericho uh, sort of in a match of this caliber and actually win one over the Young Bucks, you know? So um, there, there w- this was definitely a shock win for me. Yeah. Um Overall, I'm just pissed off. You know, <laughs> some off people can't see the bigger picture. You know, like it's oh, exactly. Shut up, I'm just, I'm just glad you brought your WWE form to AEW. You know, like uh... <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> well, anyway, out of five, uh, <laughs> we start. Gina, what would you score this out of five? Uh, I'll give it a four and a half. It was still a good match, and then I always enjoy a Kenny Omega match. So, do you know what? Actually, James, I will quickly chuck in there. A part of me, halfway through the match, I was talking with Jaxie, and I was like, "What if Don Callis comes out and messes it up for Omega again because he's just adamant well, about commentary, yeah, he's just adamant about wanting to ruin Kenny's career. So, what if he loses it for them, and then the Young Bucks get the win? This what the only be the only time I ever liked Don, <laughs> and he didn't do it for me. So I'm mad at him. <laughs> well, you never know. Like I said, the Bucks and Don might be a story they go back to in the next couple of months. You know, so it'd be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Monty, what do you score this out of five? Yeah, you were four and a quarter. It was fun. Jaxie? Yeah, I gave this a four. Uh, yeah, we all went the Bucks apart from me. And I've got to say, and you know, predictions, people might not care even listen to this. But when you do predictions, when we do them, and I am three different from you guys, I have a panic attack. Think, what the fuck haven't I seen to what I have? Luckily, this time around, like I said, two were right and one was wrong. But that's why it's about taking a chance, you know, uh, and to be different. So, got people listening, be different. Uh, <laughs> I don't leave 
I took the lead on seven. Last thing we need is motivation. <laughs> <about that. laughs> James, James, me, yes, on seven. Gina on six. Jaxie Monty on five. Due to injury, MGF was unable to compete in the main event and defended the AEW Championship against Jay White. So Adam Cole stepped up and competed in his absence. Uh, this is good. But as it looked like the match would take place, MGF drove back in the arena, just like Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Vince Russo fever dream, and hit the ring to defend his title. The entire story is based around an injured leg that was only injured when it needed to be, and not when there was a high spot to execute. There was a referee bump, incessant cheating late, and Superman booking of the main event based to likes of which John Cena would be proud. Add this to the fact that looked like the biggest fucking loser on the planet, failing to beat a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Uh, it was kind of horrendous booking. Uh, the crowd was hot, so there's one thing. MJF won with the Dynamite Diamond ring. I couldn't believe that I was watching. Uh, Monty, was it just me? It was like, why have they booked like an Attitude Era WCW event in 2023? <laughs> This was just madness. Yeah, this part, this is the first time where I really felt like I don't know what the hell they were coming up with. Honestly, like, the storyline has been good or at least entertaining for the most part, and they seem to be taking their time with it. But this one was just kind of off the rails. Like we mentioned with the beginning, leading up to, like, Adam Cole, it's like, really seriously, were we supposed to ever seriously think Adam Cole was going to be able to do this? And, you know, maybe it's something there stemming from this for Adam Cole and MJF's relationship down the line. Sure, whatever. But like you said, the the, the true person who were hurt here, even though I thought they still got, a like you said, a satisfying conclusion to where the people were really into what was going on. So you got to give them much for the love for that. But for Jay White to kind of just look like, like you mentioned, basically feel like a joke in the, in the aftermath after – his buddies earlier in the night. Not only, not only did they beat him down. It'd be different if you just showed us them beat them beating him down, and then we don't get any updates on his health other than we're not sure if he's cleared. And then at the last minute, the train he leaves the training room. So they basically confirm that something was really wrong by letting him leave the arena or whatever. So like him coming back with something that 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 had them that worried, and then still being able to just outsmart and outmaneuver and beat Jay White here, it really was uh, just an unbelievable way to do it. I, I I went with Max winning, but it was basically, I thought more, I thought Joe would have more to do with it or something else would happen because I figured Joe would have a vested interest. But like we mentioned earlier, Joe didn't seem to really care about that, that, that so much. So, uh, yeah, man, this is really, really interesting. I'm with you, though. I was really turned off by this main event. It's the first one I think of Max's run where you're just like, okay, this was this was interesting. I see I, it was different from what you would expect, especially when you think about the fact that Max and uh, Jay White, you know, it would be nice to see how that would actually look like. So what we what we got out of this is kind of, uh, you know, frustrating when you think about two young guys who, Fine for the top position in AEW, but you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll see more down the line. But I definitely thought Jay White kind of got the shaft here. Uh, if anyone got got shafted, besides any fans who may have didn't may have didn't like it, but 
Yeah, man, it was still good, but definitely not what I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, this is like uh, the Monty because obviously you know New Japan and NXT, and same with me as well. And and Jaxie, I hope you don't mind me saying, but I think you are a bigger AEW fan than maybe me and Monty are, even though I do watch all this shit. So I mean, what are your yeah. thoughts? Because this was just like I just didn't understand it. You know, it was just completely different to yeah. what I thought was going to happen. You know, unless I'm wrong, Jaxie, did you love it? Yeah. I mean, no, um, I have to agree with a lot of what you guys said. I found that this match for me, the best way to describe this was very weird. Um, I kind of, I definitely feel like Jay White got uh, sort of like screwed over in terms of like he's in just signed and already losing to rightly so what you said, like technically a one-legged man um, on this. But like, I mean, can can we actually just bring up this whole interaction like that happened with even Adam Cole and like his delayed, like, you know, responses to trying to stop Jay from grabbing stuff and, and, and using it on Max and stuff. Like it, it very it very yeah, much felt... ring. So yeah, the, yeah I, like, I got major I got major Logan Paul Santos Escobar <laughs> vibes, and I was like, "What is it? what is this?" Like Adam Cole standing there staring staring at Jay White had plenty of time to grab that ring, and he just stood there. Like, like what? The, you have one job, Adam, and you still su- you still sucked at that. So, um... which, yeah, um, I just yeah, I think overall, like just. Like everything leading up, building up towards the end of the match and and the outcome, the way it happened and stuff, it was just very weird. So I mean, it, this is not my favorite sort of title defense that's come from Max. Um, I think that both men actually can can do a, a much better job than this, but I think that the the story that is behind it, you know, with sort of Jay White stealing the belt and stuff, I don't think it really worked to build the chemistry like of emotions within the ring you know so it it, it was it was just a it was just a weird match <laughs> but even even with that is the fact that like you just mentioned now i completely forgot the fact he didn't have his belt for like six weeks mm. leading up to it and there was nothing yeah. said about him getting it back was it like oh yeah. jeff has been reunited with the title belt it was just yeah, he had yeah. it but he's limping too hard you know yeah like yeah and they kind of just forgot about like all of that really uh it was just like they, they forgot about the storyline as soon as the match ended uh i mean gina i'll ask you this do you think aew have gone too f- i mean mjf was a scumbag but now it, like you said it seems to turn into a superman is it just too much it does a baby face knee it's like the fact of he is the opposite now of roman reigns roman reigns needs anybody's you know needs help beating you know whack cream phoenix but with MJF, he can take on an army now. You know, is it too much? I mean, a little bit, yeah. I, I mean, you know, like there's over cheesiness, and that's what I feel like we're getting with MJF. It's the over cheesiness. He's not going just one step ahead to, for fan service. He's doing it like threefold, you know. Um, and in a way, sometimes it does come across like a bit corny, maybe or. I don't know. Uh, and it's going to be like, how how much longer is everyone going to, you know, not grow tired of this? So, uh, I mean, in a way, like he is probably eventually going to have to go back to being like the biggest douchebag ever to kind of bring back the more heelish side of MJF. But um, at the moment, for some reason, the crowd seem to just love this cheap, over cheesy 
you know, guy that does these parodies for us as well. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy the parodies, like, especially when he was heel with MJF and he was doing it with, you know, um, Chris Jericho and his group back then when they were doing the sort of hangover pan- parodies and stuff. So it's great to see, but sometimes it's like that can take away from the match as well. And again, with with the whole ambulance thing, that added into it, you know, and it's kind of like, can we just like get, we know that Jay can wrestle. We know that MJF can wrestle. Can we just see these two just actually wrestle? But I'm not going to put all of the blame just on MJF because to be honest, I tried thinking back to any promos that like Jay did for this build up to this match. And there wasn't any that were like memorable or that, or that stood out, you know? So I feel like, you know, it, it, it was kind of cast on both sides on how this was going to go. Yeah, I think we're out doubt. Right, so out of five then, Monty for the main event. Yeah, I gave it four. I mean, it's cool. Like you said, a lot of... Uh, uh, still a good match underneath a lot of the mess. You know, it just depending on what you're into, what you're in the mood for, I guess, you know, with all the hijinks. But, I, you know, I watch a lot of Jay White matches. I've definitely seen hijinks in his career. But this was definitely not one of the better ones. It didn't show off his strong suits. And this entire feud, I forgot about the entire stolen belt thing. And just that it just, when you think about it, the club comes off looking a little weak here. And it's not just because of how good Max is. It's just how can you look strong when you got the numbers advantage, when you have an injury and you have all of this going for you and you can't make it happen on that night. Uh, you know, so it is what it is to an extent. We can say Mac got lucky, but honestly, like you said, John, he's been booked so strong that you can't even call it that anymore. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how this continues on. Someone is going to have to be that thwart, that that thorn. I don't know if it's going to be whoever they're saying the devil is. I don't know if it's going to have to be Adam Cole himself, and we're just waiting for for us to get to that moment or whatever it is. But it's going to happen, and I think we just have to see how long Tony decides to ride this out. Yeah. But, yeah, man, uh, this is, I think it was a four, probably the fair score to give it. Well, my thing is, as well, with the devil, is if if Adam Cole got injured and Tony decided to keep on, he's obviously got an idea how that storyline's going to end. So, you think he's created a devil in the meantime to wait until Adam Cole has them recovered. So, is the devil a bigger threat as it is, is it not? We don't know. Like I said, that is one of the bits of intrigue that right. we have got. Um, Jackson, what would you score the main event out of five? Yeah, I'm going to give this a four, two. Four. And Gina? Yeah, same four. Yeah, fuck it. I'll give it a four then. Uh, fair enough. Uh, predictions, we all went MJF. Final scores. Monty and Jackson on six. Gina on seven. I'm on eight. Which means for prediction leagues, after full gear, uh, we have AEW, Monty Gina on three. Jaxi, I join you on four, eh? With one AEW show. How important is World's End become now, <laughs> eh? Honestly, I was really hoping to go into World's End with an advantage, and you fucked everything, James. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> to be fair, Gina and Monty could still win, uh, win as well. It could be freeway. I mean, Monty yeah, and Gina get the yeah, same. Yeah, they could. And do you know what? I don't think I would be as bitter if if either of them did. But you joining? Oh, you fucked everything, James. Yeah. You did this purposely. 
Well, yes, I waited until the last oh, couple of months you. to spring back into life. That's that was my plan all along, guys. You know, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna do shit throughout the whole year until the last. Uh, so it does mean yeah, I am sure. in the prediction league now. Well, I don't mind that. Uh, shows left, Survivor Series, NXT Deadline, and World's End. Uh, so rating then, a match is going to be Swerve versus Page for all of us. I think that's fair. Jaxie, who's your MVP of the night? And what's your 10? Um, my MVP is going to Swerve. Um, I think he definitely shone here, so I'm going to go with give, give it to Swerve. Um, and out of 10... Um. Yeah, I'll, gi- I'll give this a seven and seven and three quarters. Fair enough. Um, Gina, what about you? Um, my MVP. I'm gonna give it to Julia. You know, for winning her first bell, and I think, you know, I was excited for her to get that win. So I'll give I'll give her the um, MVP badge, and I'll give it an eight out of ten. And Monty. Yeah, I think Swerve definitely. I think this if AEW played the cards right, this could be a, a show that we all look back on and be like, that's where that's this is one of the times where it started for Swerve and it's the reason why he you know, who he is now, champion or whatever he may be in the future for AEW. Uh, so yeah, I think he has to be the MVP and I think my overall score will probably be a seven and a quarter. It was entertaining show, but it wasn't really my it wasn't really my favorite, even though I thought it had some really good wrestling in between a lot of the uh, <laughs> craziness that was going on. But yeah, I think seven and a quarter is fair. And do you know what? I'm going to give an eight and a quarter, but that's probably one of my lowest scores of the year as well. Uh, so eight yeah. and a quarter there. MVP, yeah, Julia Hart and Tony Storm. Let's hope these two new champions can uh, have good booking and build around and have successful runs and actually build the women's division up. Uh, but like I said, in the end, Full Gear just felt like another event. And the Swerve match of the main evented, and the MJF stuff left for Collision. So only one thing left to do, and that is Survivor Series predictions. And guys, it is the last WWE event. So, I mean, Jaxie, you don't really listen to this, it's fine, you don't really. But Monty, Gina, I mean, this is so important, this event, all right? You don't realise how important it is. Uh, well, to be fair, to be fair, Monty, you're not really the money either. This is kind of me and Gina's type of thing. So, Gina, this is really important. All right. Actually, you're going to see the lead win. I was about to say, it what do you mean? Important. She's good. This is only important to you. <laughs> is it, the this is the most important thing for me. You're right. This is all about me now. <laughs> So, Gina, once I hope again, you get more wrong. Is the whole... <laughs> <laughs> I thought we always had an understanding when you had my back a little bit. Um, <laughs> I actually feel like this this last event for WWE is, is going to be quite tight because there's not many matches to guess. So, I have a feeling no, that a lot of our predictions are going to be quite similar. Well, so it's going to be interesting. Gina, what I will do, if we have gone for the same predictions, I will change one of mine just so we've got a little bit of tension at Survivor Series, all right? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, your really choice. Yeah, that's your choice. Do it. At least I'm not involved this time because this time I can lay back 
and not give a fuck because um, I really fucked my chance. Jackson's only one. got one so, point, everybody. All right, she's only got yeah, one. I know, and that everyone knows. Yeah, she, okay. she can go for the me. Yeah, I literally, I just, I might as well just go all out on this one because my <laughs> predictions are so irrelevant <laughs> in the. That they're just there for like background speculation. This like my predictions are like toilet filler seat, you know, moments. Right. So let's do them then. Right. We've built up the oh, excitement. Right. It only matters <laughs> to me. Uh <laughs> we're gonna do it because we're gonna find out. So let's start with the women's world championship match, Zoe Starks versus Raya Ripley. And Jaxie, considering it doesn't really matter, you can start us off. <laughs> um, I mean, like I got Mommy winning this one. Um, as much as I do think that Zoe Starks has had some really good standout moments this year, I don't think it's been actually enough in order to be able to um, uh, realistically win win the, the the belt there. So you've gone, you gone Zoe Stark. I've gone Rhea Ripley. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop trying I'm... to change what happens, James. Everyone's hearing it here. I went Rhea, okay? No, no, I just weren't sure. Uh, Monty, <laughs> you the same? Yeah, I think Rhea Ripley is the way to go. Uh, I think if Zoe and her get time, they can have a, a really good match. But I, I think what's going to hurt them it, overall might be the fact that no one feels like they're even remotely close to Rhea's level. So, I think Ripley's going to take this one. And, uh, yeah, that, I think that's probably the easiest one, easiest match to do. Uh, Gina, you've obviously gone Zoe. No, I've gone Rhea as well. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that Rhea and Zoe are going to put on a good match. And I think it'd be great for Zoe to showcase, like, what she can bring to a pay-per-view event. Um, and I think, like, they're both, they're both going to complement each other. But ultimately, Rhea's still going to get the win. Her reign's not over yet. No. All right, so we move on. Next match, Intercontinental Championship match, The Miz versus Gunther. Uh, Ma- Monty, who are you going to go for? Part of me want to say WWE is so petty that we're going to make The Miz break Chris Jericho's record. <laughs> you know, uh, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that crazy. I can't do that. I think at the end of the day, as good as The Miz made, have looked and the fact that crowds are cheering for him, I'm happy for him because the Miz babyface run never worked. So it's nice to see one at least seem uh, like it's on a good start. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts though because the Miz is usually always right back on the on the other side. But we'll see how that goes. I'm proud of him in this spot, but there's no way he's beating Gunther. I don't think you end a historic run like Gunther had with someone like the Miz. As good as he looks, I don't think you can erase all the time we just watch the Miz move to everyone. So it's just like to all of a sudden explain away that the Miz is the one who broke this historic streak. I just I don't see it, but I do think the Miz may you know be a little bit more physical tonight. He might actually try to be you know uh, just as aggressive as Gunther, but you know no one can match Gunther, so we know how it's going to turn out. Uh, Jaxie. Yeah, I mean. Again, I, I really did have a, a long think about this one just in terms of what um, The Miz has done for the Intercontinental title before, you know. Um, and I have to agree with Monty in terms of, you know, like it's nice to see like the crowd behind him for once. It's very rare to see that. Um, 
but I don't see Gunther like losing this ring just here, just yet. I mean, you know, he's only just sort of like made history by like you know um, taking over that the longest reigning title of it. So I think that if he if he is going to be losing it, it's gonna ha- it needs to have a bit more significant impact. And I'm not sure that like the Miz is is the way to go with that um, to make that impact. You know, so right. um, I think that. Um, I think that yeah, it's probably going to be a Gun- Gunther uh, win here. Yeah, but I think as Monty has said as well, this is about the Miz trying to show fans he's not a joke. So to put the performance, yeah, yeah. take punishment, you know. Uh, Gina, you the same Gunther? Yeah, I mean, do you know what I was? This was the only match I think that I wasn't so certain on in my predictions because I did at one point change my prediction to Miz, but um Oh go on. Ultimately no I <laughs> I no, I'm not changing it back. I'm sticking with Gunther. Oh I part of me just felt like maybe because the Miz has been thrown under the bus so much and he's always kind of the jobber for those who are coming back for a week or two or just to showcase someone in town, you know, like he's always used as a jobber. So I thought maybe they'll give Miz that opportunity to have the the opportunity to say I was the one to shut Gunther down. But then I thought, you know what? That is so unrealistic. That's not happening. I'm going with Gunther. Yeah. Oh, Gina, I'm going to stick with you now because the next match was going to be Carlito versus Santo Escobar. But after Santos injured Carlito on SmackDown, it will be Santos versus Dragon Lee. Who are you going for in this matchup? I'm definitely going for Santos in this one. Um, if it would have been Santos and Carlito, I still would have gone Santos. Um, so my that was just my initial reaction right away. I feel like because they've gone with this angle now of Santos starting to become the bad guy, and even though he's not necessarily the bad guy, he's the one who's just wanting to say that Carlito's come in and kind of kicked him out of his group, you know, like... So it's it's he is looking at more of the heel, and I think if you're going to push him into this, then he needs to get this win here and get the win over Carlito or now Dragon Lee. Um, so I definitely think he's coming out on top. Do you know what? I would normally agree with you, and I was thinking Santos, was thinking Santos with the feud, but I then started thinking, do you know what? Maybe sometimes WWE do stuff just to fucking annoy us. And what about is Santos having this match? Looking like he's going to win. All of a sudden, Rey Mysterio hits. He returns. Santos gets distracted. Dragon Lee rolls up Santos for the surprise victory. And that's what I've gone for. I can't believe it, but I've gone Dragon Lee in this one. So, I, you know, what can you do? Uh, Monty, which way are you going? Right. Yeah, it's actually a reasonable uh, pick there with Dragon League. Not only is he undefeated so far in SmackDown, uh, I think because I know that if at some point to match a lot of what he's talking towards the LWO, Santos is going to have to have faction members. Uh, I, I know at some point that's probably where we're going to hit. I just feel like if this legit this knee injury was six to eight weeks with Ray has. Uh, I I don't I doubt he will actually show up, but you're right. They could just hit the music and it could work all the same or something. So who knows? Uh, but I, I'm I'm gonna stick with Santos. I think giving Santos a win here is probably the best decision to make. But Dragon Lee winning would not shock me one bit. So uh, this is one of those toss ups. But I'm I'm gonna stick with Santos. I fucking 
I need this. Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of saw them taking Carlito out of the match as a sign to say that, like, this really is about Santos picking up the win here, and they didn't want Carlito maybe taking the pin. So that's that's my angle at this. So that's why I've gone with Santos. No, no, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I said it's nice that I've taken the chance. Uh, women's War Games match: Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Shotzi. Becky Lynch versus Damage Control, Bailey, Carly Sane, Oscar, and EO Sky. Jaxie, which way is this going to go? Um, so I've definitely gone with Damage Control to win this. You cannot actually just do this to me. Bring Kyrie Sane back and then actually have her reunite with Oscar. And we're get we're finally getting all three like her united with EO and all three of them in like a a, gr- a group. No, I'm sorry. I, I yeah, I'm definitely I've turned team damage control. We're going there all the way. I I'm loving this. So they have to come out on top. They have to win. Yeah, I agree, uh, Monty. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's one of those situations where I was trying to... You never can bet against people that's on the other team. I mean, we got Becky, we got Bianca, we got Charlotte. We got all these people who rarely take defeat in, you know, in these situations, just in big matches in general. But I think what a feather in the cap, especially when you think about what happened at last year's War Games with uh, with uh, damage control, you know, again, in that situation mm-hmm. and just how... Again, they 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 kind of always kind of took a loss when it came to going against Bianca. Well, I think kind of yeah. you know, establishing damage control, or this version of damage control is stronger right now, especially if we're going to slow burn it. Now, I will say this: if damage control loses, then they should just go ahead and jump Bailey at that. They should they should let Bailey be the one who get pinned and jump her <laughs> and get it out the way because I think we all can kind of feel like eventually she's probably going to be the odd person out. Yeah. But, uh, I think for now, make them look strong because Charlotte, look at those resumes we're talking about. Talking about Charlotte, Bianca, Becky, they can stand to take a loss here. Shashi's probably going to jump off the top or something along with EO, so I'm expecting it to be a hell of a yeah. good time. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I think the best thing to do is to make damage control even stronger. Yeah, completely agree. Gina? Yeah, I've also gone damage control. I don't see them bringing Kyrie back just so that she can go into this um, pay-per-view reunited with, you know, Asuka and EO to just lose it. And to be honest, even though there are some, you know, hiccups in damage control with Bailey at the moment, they're still more of a cohesive team than the face team are at the moment, you know, because the face team is made up of more singles competitors Whereas, you know, Damage Control are the legit kind of faction at this point. And I feel like they need to kind of continue with that that win for Damage Control because it'll be a bit embarrassing if this faction kind of lose to the Nomads, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Damage Control. Well, I completely agree. And then finally, we have got the Judgment Day with Drew McIntyre taking on Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Jew, so... Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. We'll speak next week how awkward Randy Orton announcement was. But Monty for in this final prediction. <laughs> yeah, so 
this one was kind of tough for me because I honestly think the way Triple H, Triple H seems to be booking or seems to enjoy booking like his evolution days or just like his career, a lot of factions, a lot of stuff like that, similar to New Japan. So you, my, my imagery for the night going into it was we'll probably get Judgment Day standing tall, probably get Damage Control standing tall. But when you have Randy Orton returning and you just have all that stuff, I, I immediately, again, thought about, thought about last year's war games and remembered the bloodline stood tall. And even though they weren't the good guys, they kind of felt like the good guys because everybody was into what Sammy had going on. So, so it's kind of crazy when you think about it. And I just like, you know, maybe they don't want to re. Maybe they they do the the right thing and let the baby faces pull, actually pull it off this time. But damage. I mean, you can't go really wrong with Judgment Day. Like honestly, them standing tall in the end is probably one of the more likely outcomes. So it's really tough deciding. But I'm, I went with the baby faces. I thought Randy Orton returned, especially when his career was being questioned. You know, but uh, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Randy fighting a teammate in the back. You know, returning. And Judgment Day winning, who knows? I just feel like we just kind of just had that with Drew. So I'm going to stick with the baby faces pulling it off, and they wait before Randy turn on somebody. But you never know with Randy. So we'll see. But I, I think he's going to get a crazy reaction, uh, you know, the fact that we haven't seen him in a while. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how everything goes and his chemistry with Cody or, or how they play off it, how things turn out. I'm really excited to see Randy back in the ring. It's crazy what absence can do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hopefully he's still ripped, and if he's got, if he's clean shaven, yeah. then the faces are in trouble. If he's got facial hair, we're fine, but we know with Orton. Uh, that's a really good point. If he's, if he's exactly, <laughs> like, Cody better watch out. Yeah. If he's clean, <laughs> if he's got a buzz cut and clean shave, Cody's getting punted, right? There's, there's no doubt uh, in my mind. Uh, so, Gina, your last WWE prediction of the year. I wonder how many we've done. Should count it. I don't know. It must be more than 50 WWE ones. But anyway, I'm drifting. Gina, who are you probably going for? Yeah, yeah probably. I'd, if someone cared, then look it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, to be honest, I actually would love Judgment Day if they would win this. I Because, again, I just think they continue pushing them. I have a soft spot for the heels. But with the announcement of Randy being the fifth person, I thought no way are they going to have him come back and him not be on the winning side. So I've gone faces. I've gone with the um, Cody and Randy and Jay faction. But um, I do know that there is definitely going to be tomfoolery in terms, not tomfoolery, but maybe like a bit of storytelling because we have to remember that Jay was kind of one of the last people to take Randy out um, with his brother last year. So, and then like, I think they put him through a table or was it the announce table, something like that. And then he was injured. So I, I definitely think they're going to touch on that, especially because they have dropped it in like the house shows. So I definitely think they're going to tease us with, will they get the win or is it going to break down? But ultimately I think the baby faces are going to get it. Yeah. Now I'm just laughing because I'm raw when Cody mentioned Orton. Jay used to have that look, you know, when a dog pissed on the carpet, they know it's done wrong. <laughs> that, that's that's right. Jay's look. Like, no one to look at you. Yeah. Um, Simple. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, like Jay, Jay's definitely going to need to watch it back on in, in this match. Right. So, Jack, see who are you going for last. Our last WWE prediction of the year comes down to you. Who are you going to go for? Not even though it's irrelevant as hell, but sure. Um, it's going to be, I'm going to go with the faces too. I think this is a smarter option considering obvi- this is Randy's first match back 
um, you know, you kind of have them lose there. But I do think that they're just going to really like tell a story in this match of is Randy going to turn? Is he going to just take out Jay? Is he, like you know, so the, it's going to be a will he will won't he situation, and I think a lot of people are just not going to want to blink because there's definitely going to be like storytelling throughout this whole match. But ultimately, I still think that the outcome will have the faces win. But we might just see an RKO to Jay straight after. <laughs> that, that would be fun. Um, and so, you just see him walk off after. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that is it then. That's it. Full gear done and dusted. And as far as these predictions, so next week it is the big one. 500th show. Uh, and I have got planned. And Monty, I know you're like this. Musical numbers, right? I know you like that. I've got games planned uh, and other surprises as well. Of course, with Survivor Series review. Uh, but don't forget, of course, also media, Twitter at the Dublin Podcast. I'm at the Dublin JR. You can find the entire Dublin team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find and listen to you? I'm on vacation. Oh. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they can find me. Your you can Twitter find now. me next week. Yeah, <laughs> on the Twitter. Next week. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> Jaxie, what about you? Yep, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Jaxie Scarlet. Gina? You can find me on both at Purple Pain. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms and this email is podcast at gmail.com. Devonlaw Podcast will have latest clips and podcasts at the same time you usually do. SoundCloud on your phone, also Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. And like I said, our next episode is 500, motherfuckers. So get ready. Until then, I've been James Rollins. I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlet. Do you know, Jaxie, we, that weren't too bad. We've had worst episodes together. I think I think we've argued more because I admitted defeat already during this to, one. So, yeah, well, it didn't go as bad as I thought it was. No, <laughs> no. It, it's nice when you can admit when you're wrong and I was right. It's nice. It's I never said I was wrong. Get it right, James. I, I admitted defeat. Yes, I never said I was wrong. I did get it right because I won the prediction. Bad winner. Uh, so, anyway. Right, as, as Monty's on vacation. What so a bad winner, man. Oh, yeah. Vacation <laughs> over there. Yeah. Great outro. Yeah. Put <laughs> the team down, man. <laughs> Me? Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, honest to goodness. Um, Him? You need a um, vacation. <laughs> yeah. That's what you sound like. You sound jealous. <laughs> well, anyway, Monsi, it's, glad, it's, it's, it's good to have you on you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and, of course, the genius... Of Gina. Now, Gina, I know you didn't win today, but, you know, at least you might have rubbed off on me. Maybe, but like I said, my crown's only side, right, it's tilted. So, just leave it leave it to the side. I'll straighten it back up soon. Well, I, I can tell you, you'll be watching the Dragon Lee-Santos Escobar match series. 
with eagle eyes. I think everybody will as well. <laughs> but that is it. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. <laughs>